Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Free the book. <laughs> yeah, seriously. For two hours. Yeah, yeah. But all right, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everyone's recording. We're good. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey guys. We have Andy. Hey. And let's give a big welcome to Dan K. Reed. Thank. What's going on, guys? Hey, hey Dan. <laughs> awesome. All right. So this is episode number 164, Mr. Dan K. 164. Mr. Wow, you, guys are, you guys are cooking right along. Cooking right along. Yep. yep. All right. So first, uh, let's just catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? I'm going first. All I right. wasn't here last week. I missed it. I'm, I apologize to the listeners because I was sick as a dog. And uh, yeah, you like passed out right after work. Or, did you? You went to work, right? Too. I went to work, came home from work, and I was out cold at like five p.m. to five a.m. the next day. Didn't even have dinner or anything. I was wiped out. But I did some flying on that Saturday uh, down at the club. That was a lot of fun. I just brought my Oxy Four, my six ninety, and I was I was beat down there. Uh, heard the show last week. I t- talked about the Tortuga. That nose into the ground a few times. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was um, that was something to see. But you did a good job, you know, piloting that plane after it was launched, man. I mean, it wasn't much to it; just full yeah. throttle and go. <laughs> it's bank and yank. Yep. So, um, I worked on the. I don't know whether I worked on the the RA cores plane, um, before or after we went to the AMA Expo, which was this past weekend. I went with Jeff. Picked him up. Dude, yeah. it was great, man. It was great to see Jim from RA Cores. I saw Dave, our buddy Dave Hildeflyer was down f- with his buddy. Yep. Um, Guillaume from Massachusetts. Steve Wattenberg was funny. He comes up to me and I go, and he came up to me towards the end. And I was talking to Jason Klein. I saw Jason was talking to him for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, Steve, dude, you're the last person I want to see. And it kind of came out wrong. I was like, No, I mean, you're the last person I want to see before I leave. I'm glad I caught up with you. Because <laughs> he was like, what do you mean I'm the last person you want to see? I'm like, no, I'm, I, like, I had this, like, in my mind, I had this, like, list of people I wanted to make sure I, that I saw, you know, if they were there. And then Steve was one of them, because Steve's there all the time, man. And he's been a listener from, like, day one, dude. Yeah. Um, and we saw Phil Phil Goodwin's buddies, um, that Ed and Mike, I think, or something. I believe so. Something like that. We met so many people that day; it's hard to. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just a ton of people, man. It was it was a lot of fun. Hung out with Mike. We went out to Outback for some lunch, and I got to thank Mike D for buying. Man, he he bought us all lunch, and our our uh, club member Chris was there with his dad, and it was cool to um just sit and hang out with him. Saw Ed Johnson. Oh, nice. And and, uh, and his buddy Kevin. Mm-hmm. I talked to him for a little bit. It was it was cool, man. It was it was cool. I didn't understand the amount of RC cars that were there. Oh, but, that whole um, one roll was like all dragsters and eight yeah. fifth scale RC gasters. Really? I don't understand it. Yeah, AMA shows. Got yeah, last year there was like hmm. a booth. Now it's like four booths. Yeah. If you lined all the RC car stuff that was there, it would have took up a complete aisle, like both sides. I think because <clears> I rounded to one side and there was there was a couple more. There was one on the corner. Yeah. 
when we walked in. Yeah, it's, I don't know what's going on. I, I think they're. I think AMA is struggling to sell booths. I think that's what it is. I was going to say, is there not yeah. enough plane and heli stuff? So they got to start doing car shit now. I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. what it's it is. AMA, man. man. I mean, dude, uh, Hobby King was there, and so mm-hmm. was Horizon Hobby. Yep, and, and they, they had, had pretty all big their display. stuff out. Yep. Yeah, I got a chance to see the the Timber XL or whatever that is, that large Timber, Timber X. from Hobby King. Mm-hmm. Or was it Timber X or what's the one, Hobby yeah. King one then? The Tundra? Tundra, Tundra XL Grand Tundra. Or yeah. Grand Tundra. Grand Tundra. Yeah. Grand Tundra. Yeah. That yeah. thing was that thing was nice. Ben, the wheels yep. on that thing were like five inches around. It was crazy. Yeah, big balloon tires. Yep. So, anyways, I worked on the. The RA Cores plane that I have, the Blue Foe XL, and uh, did completed doing the, the LEDs around the edge, and I just posted a picture online today, like before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks good. Just to give the listeners some uh, some visualization of what I'm talking about. Yeah, it came out good, man. I can't wait to see this thing fly. It should be it should be really fun. It should be really cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. Those LEDs. Yeah. And I did, I did a little work on the wing that I was working on with the Arduino and all that stuff. Um, and Mike's doing one, too. He's, Mike and I have been chatting a little bit. He sent me a couple pictures of what he's been setting up for the night flying event that we're going to have soon. And uh, what he's doing is pretty crazy, too, man. So uh, I got into... I, I do game with Jeff. I don't know. Our old listeners will remember Jeff. He started out with us, and we do a lot of Elite Dangerous and stuff like that. I got a little Thrustmaster controls, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because downloaded a simulator called you have DCS. something called Thrustmaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they make game controls, dude. Oh, is that what they call them? Is that yeah. what they call it, dude? Yes, they have Canal Street, dude. Wait, 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 let me ask you: Is that Thrustmaster like right in the middle of your seat? No. <laughs> Trust my penis is in the middle of my seat. <laughs> I have one. I have one too, man. So it's all right. Mine's, mine's a Thrustmaster DP, though. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> you could That's all right. Crazy. You could poke fun at me. It actually came with a cub, uh, tub of KY, which is really nice. It's a nice, nice feature. It's oh, you know, custom, yeah. cust- customer service at its one-stop shop. Well, you got to lube up that throttle. Absolutely. So and have a sticky throttle now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, he got me into playing this game called DCS, which is a digital combat simulator, and it's as realistic of a flight sim as I've found uh, so far. Man, it's pretty realistic. Like they give you the game for free, and you got to purchase planes. The, one of the planes they give you to start with is a trainer P-51, and it's like every switch and every knob and every lever that was in the actual P-51, you have to do in sequence to start the plane and all that stuff. And it's it's really interesting, and the mechanics of the actual flight itself is a lot like the real thing. I mean, I only had one flight, and I didn't fly P-51, but, you know, the mechanics, I think, are, are pretty pretty cool. And when, when you can do a multiplayer thing and have... You know, some fun in that. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. So, if any of our listeners are doing DCS, let nice. me know some tips. Did you but, <clears throat> did you ever do um like uh flight simulator ten flight sim yes. stuff like that? Dude, yeah. I I used to be in that hardcore like uh, it's got the online ATC, right? Did you ever right. get involved in like I was actually <laughs> a virtual employee of a virtual. <laughs> aircraft like it was a simulated uh-huh. aircraft western airlines i think it's a now defunct or out of business or you know some got eaten up by one of the others but dude i had like 
on my wall, I had arrival and departure charts. I mean, the whole nine yards, like, oh, uh, like startup, startup check, checklists, everything. It was yeah. like a real deal. But I had that. I, in seriousness, I did have the, uh, the yoke like you had as well with the foot controls and all that good shit. Yeah, I don't have the rudder pedals. I just have the the joystick and the you know it's two pieces. The joystick and the the, the throttle. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. That's fun shit. I haven't done that the, in years and years and years. But the Elite Dangerous is really cool. I mean, it's just straight up space sim. That's a lot of fun. I have that game. Nice. I have, didn't like it. Didn't like oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> well, I didn't really give it a fair shot, to be honest. A friend of mine bought it because he wanted me to play it with him. Yeah, I was just going to bring it up. You know, all these games are so much better with friends. Yeah. It's just so much, so I just, much more of a good time. I just, I just didn't – I didn't have – do you use your uh, your yoke flight controller with it? Does it make it easier? Because I didn't have that. Maybe that – Yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't have that. I was trying to do it with a – Either a controller or the keyboard, I can remember, and it just the controls felt real. real. No, no, it's night and day with the controller. Uh, I mean, it, usually I got it, the yeah. I got the uh, T sixteen thousand, I think. I don't know Thrustmaster combo thing, and it's specially made for Elite <laughs> Dangerous. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can use it with anything. It's just a USB yeah connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice, but yeah, it's pretty badass. So enough of my rambling. What do you guys been up to? Uh, let me go next since it's mm-hmm. pretty similar weekend as far as the AMA show. So. Yeah, AMA show, met a couple of folks, Jim from RA, David Hill, Guillaume, uh, Steve Weinberg. He brought. He said he brought eight people. I guess he like brought people in a van. <laughs> he brought eight really? people from his group, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mike and Ed, I believe, were their names that uh, came up to us. Um, but Steve came up, up to with, Steve. Yeah, we did. They did this uh, indoor, you know, flying and they'll fly little helicopters indoor and stuff. But um, yeah, who else? Ed Johnson, Kevin, Greg Barbudo, Yamil, Robin Devon were there, Ian Bryce, uh, Tony from our club, Mike D. uh, There was also Chris and his dad from our club. Yeah. So it was a good amount of people there that we knew. Um, The one thing that was different about this year is that they had like a, I mean, it's all planker shit, but it was. uh, not like a swap meet, but uh, what was it called? On that one wall on the side. Estate sale. Yeah, no, I mean, there wasn't a state sale there, but it wasn't just an estate sale. It was like, I don't know. It was like kind of like. Well, they had a big sign up that said estate sale. Well, that was just the one that Eric Williams was uh, manning. Oh. Yeah, so he had an estate sale, but all the other folks there weren't part of an estate sale. They were just selling their old shit. It was but, like um, a swap meet, right? Yeah, like a, but like a, not like a swap meet. I mean, sort of. Yeah, I guess it's a swap meet. A but there's a lot of new kits, a lot of, a lot of like you know balsa kits, a lot of covering. It's like a lot of stuff that's brand new. But um, you know, it's all old planker shit. And um, the the one guy there had what was that? The one that big plane he had a hundred and twenty two inch, um, like extra or something like that. Yeah, there was an extra red white one that was by the uh, Dude, their had- cage or whatever. He wanted almost five grand for it. It had it was all completely done up, and he had never flown it. It was a dual opposing piston motor, and he mm-hmm. had three servos on the rudder itself, like mm-hmm. in line with the. Yeah, the yeah. Mm-hmm. those are those and, are awesome. Those those big extras are awesome. Yeah, and, but Mike brought up a good point. Like Mike, our, our former president that we hang out with, he um he buys and sells a lot of used stuff, like a lot of stuff, and he's. You know, he'll say, I've spent $100 for stuff and then have had to discover, like, the problems, like, something not lining up because he made a mistake and putting this together and that together. And he's like, I'm not sure about spending $5,000 and then finding out there's a mistake that 
because he never flew it. And he was like, I don't understand why the guy never flew it. They said there was a field, you know, a couple of fields that went down and they couldn't fly it. But he's like, I couldn't imagine spending all that money and all that time and never flying it. Yeah. Like, well, the, the, the thing about that is if you're obviously this wasn't the situation, but typically like, like, like here locally, we got a guy that does that very thing. He he's a builder, loves to build. Builder. <clears throat> he builds those big, uh, you know, uh, 120cc, 200cc right. uh, aerobatic planes. He does not fly. Doesn't really not doesn't really know how to fly. But I tell you what, the dude can build a plane like crazy. But see, he's a, he's established, right? Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you buy a plane from this guy, you know that you're yeah. getting a quality plane. But obviously, just buying one, especially right. that expensive, because Jesus Christ, how horrible would that be to take that up in the air and find out that? Uh, yeah, it's just crooked or yeah. <laughs> goddamn, yeah. goddamn rudder falls out, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, shit happened, but yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, like he uses cheap hinges or some shit for a big You're plane. Right. Like or he forgot to CA something. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool that they had that section because there was a lot of stuff and it's all negotiable. It's all, you know, um, best offer type of deal. So that's kind of cool. Um, so. I did go to AMA's show two days. I did a Friday and Saturday. And on Friday, I did what I said I was going to do. I went there early, got in. I went beeline straight for extreme flight. And I bought myself the uh, 60-inch extra 300 ESP version 2. Uh, got got it with the motor and a couple of accessories like servo horns and stuff. Um, and they gave me a pretty good deal. I, you know, they, I think they gave me... Pretty much, you know, a couple of props and everything. Probably like a hundred bucks off the overall nice. sale, so it's not bad. So, not bad. and then you know, the following like yesterday, I got my BK servos in for it, so I'm putting five thousand ones all around, and I started building it. Um, it's kind of funny because we worked on Kevin's logo. What Friday night for a couple yeah, hours? I to mention that. Yep. Yeah, we got the electronics in, we got the servo in, the head's done, the tail booms on, the belts all set up and you know tightened up, swash, all the links are done, t- tail servo, throttle servo all installed. So we basically just need the motor and whatever like electronics accessories for the motor, like the um, uh, push glow and stuff like that. Or, but um, after that, Kevin left, and I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm gonna go build this plane. And within two hours, I had the airframe done. It was the quickest, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm used to building helicopters and you have a billion screws. I, like, basically CH some hinges and, you know, glued some parts together from epoxy. And I was like, okay, this is all done. Sweet. I got a yeah. question for you. I got a question for you, Steve. Yeah. So, um, from the heli perspective, because mm-hmm. I've been through this. I've done this exact same thing. I got all excited about a. I think I bought like a 68-inch extra 300. And, man, I was excited about this this airplane. I built it. I, I just – I was so excited about it, and I flew the shit out of it for like four days. Mm-hmm. And then it just got boring as hell. Do you do – you, I mean, coming from the helis, don't you find that – I mean, you know, everybody oh, yeah. loves – I just find that planes just oh, – yeah. and I'm not – I'm not a – I mean, I never was – I'm not, I'm not saying that I could really beat the shit out of that that airplane like but for the guys that i fly with especially the guys that have been flying planks for 100 years i was out flying them all you know except for mm-hmm. there's uh i don't know if you guys know thomas uh sim sim oh his last name um simotivic 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's a. I mean, he showed up here. So he's down in Georgia now, I think. But mm-hmm. I mean, this kid, he was like a team pilot for a lot of different plane guys, and he flies AMAs and yeah, yeah. But uh, I just found that the planes got boring. Did you not? Do you guys not find that? I mean, is that an issue? I find it all the time. Oh, this will be for sale in three months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All my planes are either (laughs) I I crash them on purpose or I sell them. Okay. Or or they hang up as decor, you know? Yeah. Um, But they are fun to build and it's exciting, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the whole thing. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, you could have spent so much less if you just bought the plane used. And, you know, people would link me because I talk about it on the show. So the people are linking me like, oh, there's this one on RC groups and there's one on this you know, form it's and that always, form. Always wanted to build them. Always. And and yeah, and my thing is like I want the experience of building it and then mating it and then probably crashing it <laughs> and then and then throwing those sticks in a bag and forgetting about it. But um, well, wait a minute. That's Steve, part of the thing for me, though. You crash it on purpose. Yeah, Which I crashed all my. Crashed I, I crashed all my other planes on purpose. Oh, so Andy and Kevin, do you guys do the planes as well uh, on the side or? Is it? Yeah, yeah but they don't crash it on purpose. Or oh, you guys are you guys have more of a bromance with the planes. Mm-hmm. I usually purchase the ones that Steve hasn't crashed <laughs> from him when he gets bored of them. There you yeah. go at a deep discount. Yeah, and like yeah, I, I've, I mean, I've, sorry, yeah. Oh no, I was just say I've got planes. Yeah, he got, got big planes. Yeah, got, I got yeah, a couple yeah. Big ones. six eighty-inch Bushmasters, like big, big planes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I you enjoy know, both, Dan. I, I enjoy both planes and helicopters. I find the helicopter is definitely more challenging. So and you're so that's where I'm at right now. You swing yeah. both ways. I swing both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Left I mean, and right. He has something called a Thrustmaster. Um, <laughs> yep. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do this all the time. I buy a plane, I, I set it up, I get all excited about it. But, like, yeah, in a couple of weeks, I'll get bored of it. And if I'm not, if I don't progress a little and like learn some new maneuvers, I'll just. You know, hang it up and and do something else. So, but helis is it's totally different story. Helis always been a challenge and and always will be a challenge. So I I'll never get sick and tired of that. So I got half the electronics installed on it. I'm I you know I'm a heli guy. So what do I put in there? I put in a a 130 Hobbywing version four with a Mikado UI sensor. I'm putting a Neo with V plate on it and all BK servos around. Just yeah. And it's like I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to fun. It's fun to build. It looks pretty, you know. It's a nice looking plane, yeah. Yeah. So once once I do fly, we'll see. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. Well, they're fun because you can really push them and not be too concerned about them. That's what I liked about my extra. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I never did crash. I ended up trading a gun for it. So nice. Nice. Win win at Heli Pros. I actually ended up trading it to one of the guys who used to work at Heli Pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a 357 revolver. So, win-win. Nice. You know what, Dan? I really like the scale aspect of planes more than I do the scale aspect of helicopters. So, that that's something to me. I, like, I love the old Warbirds and stuff like that. So, and, what are your thoughts? Because I actually looked into uh, doing some Warbirds because I love scale. I mean, I, I don't think that's a secret. I mean, I love scale helicopters. Always threatened to do one, never did. Kind of wish I would have, and maybe at some point I will. But... Um, I had an opportunity to fly <laughs> a scale P-51 or two. I don't remember, but it was a like a gas model, big, heavy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. It was hard. It was hard to fly. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was uh, the, the, uh, 
the landings, I mean, you, you yeah, you, you could, have to be on you could, point. You, you couldn't dick around. It was like you had to commit and you had to commit at a fairly high, high speed. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like yep. these big sticks where you can just like shut the power off, you know, a thousand feet away from the runway and just kind of float it in there. But yeah. I, I, do you, do you find that they're, they are harder to fly? Do you like that? Yeah. I, I did. When I had my Corsair that I was flying around for a little bit, I did enjoy, and the P40 that I had, uh, I did enjoy the scale aspect and the, and the, and the more difficult takeoff and landing aspects of it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I do like the 3D stuff because once I get up there, I'm like, all right, now I'm just putting around. So now what am I doing? So the 3D planes are a lot more fun, but I, I, there's something to be said about just the scale plane putting around, you know. Yeah. At a scale speed, you know. So I, I got really a, enjoy that. I got a really quick scale story. It's not a very long one. If you, you will indulge me, I'll tell you it real quick. Yeah. Um, years ago, well, it wasn't years ago. It was, well, yeah, it was years ago because it, it was a long time ago, maybe six, seven years ago. It was right when I first started doing RC Alienation. I got an invite to come up to a, uh, a Planker Fun Fly in Kalispell, which is, uh, I don't know. 180, 200 miles north, maybe a little further than that. Kind of a, okay. a well-to-do area. So they had a very nice, you know, a lot of guys with, with uh, big bank accounts live up there. So they built themselves a very nice field, uh, paved runways and covered everything. You know, I think they had running water, bathrooms, all that good shit. But anyway, oh, nice. there was this father-son team. They, I think they were from Kalispell or maybe, maybe somewhere in Washington, Spokane area. But they had two scale... And I don't know what size they were, but they were big, two scale Mustangs, and they flew formation. They they would they would like um, do these really low passes where one was just I don't know a half half a foot or a foot off the deck, and the other the other was inverted right above them, maybe two oh, feet, nice. flying right down the runway. And it's just like these guys obviously have been flying forever together, a father son team. You know, it's just amazing Jeez. to watch these guys fly in formation. It was it was it was. That's cool. That shit's cool. Yeah. I can never do that. I don't have that kind of control, you know, that kind of uh, dedication, I guess. But that's pretty cool shit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for my week. Uh, yeah, Andy, what about you? Well, I did not make it up to the AMA show. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to get there, but I kind of had a head cold, and I decided 20 hours of driving round trip wouldn't be worth the 12 hours i would be at the show so yeah i just stayed here plus the weather was really crappy yeah um that being said i did do a lot of simming finally after not doing anything for three or four weeks so that was fun we did an online session yesterday with a few guys mm-hmm. that was cool yeah, yeah and then really getting had- into the online simming with people that's pretty fun and yeah. then we did one what saturday night was it, was it yeah mate, friday friday yeah i was on and i think yeah you jumped on didn't you kevin for a few minutes yeah, yeah it was for like an hour i think it was yeah that was good and then today i finally got out and did some flying nice i feel like it's been three weeks at least it's just not stopped raining here it's just weather's been really shitty Right. So I flew uh, 10, 10, 12 flights today when okay. I was supposed to be working. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good thing your boss didn't find out. 
yeah, I snuck away and, and did a little bit of flying. Uh, I did uh, discover that I'm super rusty. I mean, you wouldn't think three weeks would make that much difference, but oh, nothing felt comfortable. Oh, so it, it took me four or five flights to kind of get back in the groove. Yep. But, and then uh, this afternoon, I decided to support the Nightwave Systems Night Blades Kickstarter. Ah, did you? Nice. So I put an order in for one of those. We'll see if it if it gets done. But um, yeah, I'm not a big night blade, night flying guy. But I figured, hey, why not? You know, yeah. support somebody that's trying mm-hmm. to make something cool for the hobby. Yeah. What so, uh, what size did you get? I went for the middle one that'll go okay. from up to a 700 size blade. Sure. I figured I'd probably put it on like a 500, 550 or something. Yeah, I me mean, a 516. That'd be cool. Yeah. Nice. So that's that's about all I've been up to. All right. So let's catch up with Dan um, and see how he your last couple of years, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so how's it going? Like, how, how have you been, you know, your health uh, and everything? Like, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I could complain. I don't know if anyone would listen, <laughs> but it's been, <laughs> it's been a good couple of years. I, um, for a long time, I didn't miss the hobby at all. And that's kind of sad to say when you, uh, when you think about it in the long run, because yeah, you're in you know, it. Oh know? God. I mean, right. And, uh, you know, as as time goes by, I kind of I think back to those reasons why I got into the hobby and they they were so, uh, you know, kind of personal, kind of deep. And, you know, I've shared those stories with everybody and and those who have listened to the show kind of know that. So I'm not really going to go into the repeat any of that. But um, especially the last six, seven months, I've been like um, it's like it's like you start to question. You start to question the how much did it really mean to you if you gave it up? But, it, you know, at the same time, I did it for 10 years, you know, and that, that's yeah. a, that's, and I was in it, man. I was in it. I was fucking, I was balls deep in this hobby, right? Yeah. Well, I was uh, going to ask, you think you just kind of got burnt out? Because you, well, were, you yeah. were way deep in, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. flying, so, podcast, the whole works. I think, um, I think I, there was definitely a burnout. It was, uh, you know, you kind of get caught in a trap and, in, yeah, I don't know if you guys have, I'm sure you have, you may not have fessed up and let your listeners know, but there comes a time when, when, um, you know, it's just the, the, (laughs) I know what you're getting at. Yeah. It's like (laughs) you, 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 the the obligation, the obligation of, of putting out a show weekly just becomes overwhelming and you know there's times that you just long to just kind of be you know and this is kind of what I, I know nick and i especially were going through um you know through conversation you just kind of long to be like just a regular like an everyday kind of guy you know you just want to be there flying and and it kind of you know the show became and, and by all means i do not want to make it sound like we are unappreciative or let me speak for myself that I was unappreciative for the listeners and all the enthusiasm. But, you know, 
if you're a gynecologist, right, and you're looking at vaginas all day, do you <laughs> do, do you think you're gonna want to come home and look at your wife's vagina? You know, it's like, oh shit, really? No, you're gonna want to play with a thrustmaster. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna want to. <laughs> you know, you're gonna want to do something else. Is my point, right? And so, like, you're you're working yeah. all week. You're yeah. working all week to get the show together, and weekend comes, you get some free time. You know, Nick started picking up side hobbies. I kind of got yeah. into motorcycles, mm-hmm. and it's like you just. You know, and you, and you kind of get that feeling. It's like, well, I need to go fly. I need to sit and look at the forums for a few hours. I need to, I need to keep up. I need to do this, and eventually, it just it gets to be too much. And so, I just kind of lost it. I just kind of lost that. I think I said in the last episode, it's like, it's just, it wasn't fair. You know, it's not fair to um, the, the other guys on the show. It's not fair to the listeners when you're just when your heart's just not in it. Yeah, you're just going through your emotions, right? So yeah. you just, you know, it's then, you know, I, and I kind of fast forward, you know, I had a year and I, man, I did a lot of bike traveling and, and, uh, like, you know, you mentioned the health that's been improving. Um, nice. which is awesome. Yeah, which is, it's crazy. I've kind of hit this plateau, you know, there comes a time, especially when you first start achieving wellness. Especially when you're way out of way out of whack, like I was, where it doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot of effort for for the wellness to start showing itself and and the the benefits of that of of essentially very little effort because you're just starting to moderate intake and you're moderating this and maybe you're walking a little bit more you're doing a little bit more exercise but then there comes a time when that kind of stops you know because your body's reached a level of of like okay we've done great you know we've really we've done good but guess what the effort level has to increase now right, mm-hmm, right. yeah and it's usually yeah. like by tenfold like you can lose <laughs> 20 pounds easy but try to lose that extra 10 off of that well, let's let's put this into perspective guys um in two years i lost almost 180 pounds Oof. Damn. Wow. damn that's what i weigh you lost me <laughs> entirely in weight i lost yeah I, I lost like a nick and a half right yeah <laughs> so, so the thing of it is, is and, and to be honest with you, that was um, fairly effortless, strangely enough, mm-hmm. because you're at such a, you know, a dramatic sh- position of unwellness that that any any little thing you do has a tendency to show some pretty amazing um, uh, benefits. Any little thing, and it doesn't take much. But again, you kind of get to that point um, where that it's like a diminishing return on that amount of effort, right? Yeah. So the yeah. effort level has to increase. But it, I found that the, the effort level effort level was much easier to increase. You know, kind of uh, we're you know now I'm able to you know before. I mean, you go back to uh, yeah RCHN two. You know, where because those are really the only times where I was kind of out in the public. Everybody just kind of knew me from a voice, sound of my voice, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one really, uh, except for the regional guys in the area for the fun flies that we would go to, they all knew. They all saw me and talked to me. And But then, you know, you get to a, a RCHN where people come from miles away that have heard me for three or four years and, it, you know, they – Maybe seen a picture. I was really not fond of pictures. Nick kind of made that happen. I was not happy about it, but 
Um, you know, they, they just don't, um, you know, you, you put yourself out there and it's, it was tough, but, uh, you know, I, those that did go and see that those events, they would notice that I wouldn't migrate very far from where I was planted. Couldn't physically couldn't do it. Well, as time goes by and that changes, you know, and like, uh, this last one fly, I, you know, I used to take a scooter. I don't, I don't own a scooter anymore. I don't need a scooter anymore. Nice. And I got, I got oh, rid man. of the scooter on purpose because although I was very tempted to keep it because it was a pretty damn expensive scooter and a nice one at that, I just was, my mind was like, you know what, if I have it, I'm going to be tempted to use it more than I should. Yeah. Right? It becomes right. a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. So I got rid of it and, uh, you know, I still, when I go to the fun flies, I don't migrate around a whole lot, but it definitely a lot more than I used to. And I think people, people notice that. So from a health standpoint, you know, riding a motorcycle around the country, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, it was a, not only was it an opportunity to travel a little bit, which I did when I was younger, a lot, did a lot of traveling, a lot of driving around the country. Um, but nice. it was able, I was able to, it was kind of a test, you know, it's like, because when you're out there on a motorcycle, especially when you're traveling alone, which I preferred to do because, frankly, no one could keep up with me. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally pulling eight, 900-mile days daily. Oh, wow. Yeah, three, uh, 350 is kind of my upper yeah. limit. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I took, I took a trip with a couple guys to uh, Arizona, and um, yeah. it drove me crazy because I – I'm just like, um, let's go. Let's, you know, I, it's, I'm not necessarily interested in the destin. I'm not, it's not about getting to the destination, but I just don't, I want to the trip to last as long as it can. And if I have eight or nine days to go do that, I'm not necessarily interested in getting there, but once I get there, I want to keep going. So, and I want to get there and I want to keep going and I want to go to the next and I want to go to the next. So we get down to Arizona and we stay with a friend of a friend and uh, th- these guys are like, oh man. So we, you know, we're tired. We gotta. So I just kind of left them, and I traveled all around Arizona <laughs> while we, as a group, <laughs> went down there. I mean, I went down to Tombstone. I went all over Arizona all by myself for four days. Wow. And then I finally went back to uh, Lake Havasu where these guys were, and they'd been riding around, you know, fifty miles out here and there. Yeah. And then we did uh, a few longer trips up to route 66 and oatman and those of you who are familiar with those areas are it's amazing riding out there but and it was the same deal on the way home it's um i I, i'm not a fan of stopping every half an hour to to, you know whatever let's go you know so but anyway yeah i've found that the biker crowd that well first off things take a lot longer on a bike for some reason if you commute with a bike, you know, for some reason, yeah. it, it takes you longer. There's always that extra five minutes. I don't know whether it's just starting up or whatever. But but then, I don't know, the friends I have, yeah, they, they like to stop and shoot the shit. For yeah, least, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's the way they enjoy it. That's just, that's just not the way I enjoy it. And I have not right. yet found anybody in my local area that likes to do it like I like to do it. Uh, the only time I stop is for fuel, and, and that's, you know, every hundred and – 20 to 140 miles and mm-hmm. um then i keep going you know i don't like yeah. stopping so what do you ride what's your, what kind of motorcycle well, right now i'm motorcycle less <gasps> no way uh not uh, completely on purpose so let me 
I uh, had a Kawasaki. I had a well. I had a Vulcan. I had a Voyager, which is the next model up from the okay. Vulcan. Yeah. And then I had a um, Yamaha. At the same time, I had a Yamaha 1300 Tour touring bike. Okay. Which was a nice bike, but a little small. Um, but I had it. I'd really done a lot of work to it, and it sounded great. And it was. It's a light, small bike. Mm-hmm. You know, can throw it around real easy. It's uh, great for around town, uh, and it sounded great. So I kept that, and I ended up, um, my brother wanted to buy it, so I kept it, and he eventually ended up picking it up. So this last fall, I took a trip out to the coast, and on the way back, my bike started making a horrific sound, and I had to kind of cut the trip short. I made it home. By the time I got it home, it kind of sounded like the back end was going to fall out from underneath me. And um, so I tore tore the bike down. I tore it down. I was going to, you know, I had pushing 90,000 miles on it. And uh, I was going to send the engine off and have it redone. I was going to redo the fairing, put a new radio in it because that kind of intermittently stopped working. I was going to put new bearings and everything. um, Just kind of rebuild it. Yeah. So I, I started taking it apart, and um, it's not that I didn't want to do it, but I had a friend who was very interested in the bike, and so I ended up selling it to him and ended up ordering a new uh, Voyager, nice. a brand new one, so that it's just not here yet. Uh, it'll be uh, here prob- probably when the, by the time the weather breaks. It'll yeah. be here. Yeah, there's no rush, right? Oh, yeah. So- now with four feet of snow. <laughs> yeah. So right. I ended up getting the uh, well. It's a it'll be a 2018, but essentially mm-hmm. a, a new, you know, with all the little gizmos that I wanted to put on my other bike that I just never did, like XM radio and and uh, maybe a GPS and all that good stuff. But so yeah, still doing the motorcycle thing, although less. I don't think I put nearly as many miles on last year as I did the year before and the year before that, but. Uh, still a significant number of miles. <laughs> yeah. I bought that bike with, uh, I want to say, just over 12,000 miles on it. And when I tore it down, it had just, just under 90,000. That is insane. Damn, dude. That's a lot That's of motorcycle miles. And that was, two, yeah. that was two, two seasons on that bike? Two and a half seasons on that bike. Wow. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so you did some long hauls, man. You really did. Yeah, they used to say ten grand was a lot for a motorcycle, man. You take good no. care of them; they'll last. They'll last a long time. I can't mm-hmm. speak for the Harleys. I mean, I know um, a friend. You know, look, Harleys are great, I guess, but maybe the new Milwaukee uh, Eight Motors are really good. But um, you know, the guys that I went down to Arizona with, we were all pulling little motorcycle trailers. I, you mm-hmm. know, I've got. I don't use right. it very often, but when I go on these long trips, I do use it. And. Um, we're cruising down through the high Nevada desert. And I, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been out there, but you literally have to take gas on a motorcycle with you because you're hundreds yeah. of miles from mm-hmm. anything. And if that one gas station that you're planning <laughs> to stop at doesn't have, <laughs> or isn't open or whatever, the power's out or whatever, you know, uh, literally you can go hundreds of miles and there's only one place to get gas. Um, yeah. so we're, you know, we're fighting some pretty high desert winds and, I've got it in cruise control and sixth gear and I'm not really paying attention. I look in my mirror and these guys are like way behind me a mile or better. 
so I slow down and you know they used to do these Harleys with the six speed transmissions the uh, 83s or 82s or whatever they were maybe 88s they um, they finally catch up and they're up beside me and they're just in fifth gear whining that son of a bitch out you know just beat it because the Harleys just don't have they don't they just don't have the power man they you know it's uh, someone told me uh something about uh converting a horsepower or gas into noise is what a harley's best known for or something like that i can't remember well, but anyway yeah, if there's no back pressure in the straight pipes yeah you, yeah it's you just, lose a little bit so it's mm. um you know and my bike was just the beast uh you know 1700 yeah. six gear didn't matter i, I just yeah. uh whatever speed i picked that's the speed it held i don't know if you can get the Harleys new with the six-speed transmission, but I know they used to offer that on the big twins, uh, you know, and, and like overdrive six-speed where yeah, and that's yeah. Yes, yeah, less like, than one to one. These guys were all they were driving electric glides, you know, the big, big yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they just didn't have very big motors, and I, I don't know, man. I've heard these uh, these new Milwaukee's. They got the one fourteen, I think it is, apparently, uh, or one twelve, one seventeen, maybe. I don't, I don't keep up on the Harleys, yeah. yeah. But uh, apparently these guys are pretty powerful. Mine's an old 73 Sportster, man, and uh, 1,000 cc motor, and at, like, 65, it's screaming. It's only four-speed. That's what So I, I wouldn't even have been able to keep up with you. Isn't that the bike all the guys buy for their wives? Yeah. Oh! <laughs> well, it depends what, if your wife can handle uh, the, the, the linkage and the... <laughs> the the brake and the clutch being on the other side, oh, the brake and really? the shifter. Yeah, and I brought it home in a box. I paid. I didn't pay a lot for it. There and you I go. Put it together myself, and geez, I've got like thirty thousand on it. I think. Yeah, I mean, I I am gonna buy a Harley just because I have to at some point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to get it out of my system. Yeah, don't sell your other bike though. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna buy a new one. I know I'm gonna buy one that I'm gonna have to fix a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I we never like I, all the guys I rode with. Some guys had shadows and no. So you, you'll get some of the newer kids that are like, oh, you know, it's a, it's got to be a Harley or nothing. And when you talk to some of the old school guys, they're like, listen, I'm I'm on the side of the road leaking oil over, and I have to ride in boots in the '60s. And then Honda comes out with something that you can just get on and start right up and go. He's like, you know, I, I got no, you know, I've talked to older guys like that, and they're like, you know, that's it is what it is, you know. Yeah. I, I would agree, but I, you know, I, the time I, on, the time I wheels, spent, you're on two wheels, you know? I agree. I, mm-hmm. and I, I don't care. Uh, I'm not a big fan, a big fan of the sport bikes. I just, you know, not only do I not think they're comfortable, but I think the sport bike kind of attracts a certain mentality. No offense to those of you who enjoy your sport bikes, but you got to admit. <laughs> no offense taken. Got, you got to admit you, you, you're going to see. You're you're gonna see these guys, and they're gonna be wearing flip flops and shorts, and their hats gonna be on backwards, oh, yeah, and they're gonna have their Oakleys on. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. no, you know, no squids, man. Yeah, no. And so, you know, certain bikes attract a certain mentality. That's just the way it is, and it's and I, I know that's a generalization, but you know, you play the statistics, and you know, you're you're <laughs> yeah. the odd odds are gonna be that's you know. A Harley guy is going to attract a Harley kind of guy, and a sport bike guy is going to attract a sport guy, you know, kind of guy. But it doesn't matter to me. It's just the thing I hate is the when those booger eaters. I mean, they just start talking shit about you when you're right there in front of them, you know, you know. And yeah. it, I mean, I mm-hmm. posted a story on Facebook 
a long time ago. I just pulled up to this gas station in the middle of nowhere, Montana, and these two booger eaters were like, you know, they had their fresh tattoos and their hair jostled just enough to make people think they don't <laughs> give a shit, but we all know the real deal. And they mm-hmm. they got their their bikes are shiny as hell. And here I am. I got full leather on. I've got bugs guts all over my jacket and my chaps and my windshield and the front of my bike. And I'm getting gas and they're like like making fun of me. I can hear them. They're like right there. They're like just on the other side of the fuel pump. <laughs> you know? Jeez. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, these these are the booger eaters that I can't stand, right? These are the guys that maybe might go five miles out of the town limits, and that's only because the bar happens to be five miles outside the town limit. I mean, these guys don't ride. Well, that's what we used to say. Fifteen grand and fifteen miles don't make you a biker. All right. You know, and it's just and it's uh oh, I mean, they look great. You know, they had their yeah. They had their sleeve tattoos and their wife beaters and their 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 patched up leather vests, which I just don't get. And yeah. you know, and they got the bandana on and oh they they're playing the part. They're playing the part fantastically. Mm-hmm. But let's um let's put it in sixth and let's see how far you'll go. Yeah. Let's let's see if you can make it to the other side of Montana, which is an eight hundred mile drive. I don't think you can. My- my first time down to uh, Daytona Beach, I took my little, uh, I had a Kawasaki like Ninja motorcycle, and I rode down there, and my brother was down there, he lives in Jacksonville, and he had been a biker from like the 70s, and and we went down, and we were visiting my mother, and we went down downtown, and we said, oh, we're going to go to Last Resort, or one of these other bars, and somebody overheard me saying that, and they said, um, oh, you can't drive that motorcycle to that bar. And I said to the guy, I was like, what are they going to do? Put it up in a tree? I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't care what they do. Yeah. I don't care. So I got a story kind of similar to that. I, um, not going to, I'm not going to name, uh, club names because that's just not something you do out of respect. But, um, I was, um, I saw on a Facebook page, this was a couple summers ago, I saw on a Facebook page, Memorial Ride from Helena, Montana to the Valley, which is where I live. Okay. Uh, for some guy, didn't know who he was. You know, it's just any any and all welcome. So I'm like, what the hell, you know? I'll, I'll go. So I go to Helena, which is about 180 miles away. Night before, I get a hotel. And in the morning, I meet where they say they're going to meet. And uh, it's a club, uh, well-known here in the... Uh, this part of the country, okay, kind of a support club of a of a more notorious club. Um, so I I get there and I'm kind of parked off to the side because I don't know anybody. One of their prospects comes up to me and 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 just friendly as hell. He's just like, "Hey man, are you are you are you is everything okay?" First of all, he said, "Is everything okay? Are you stranded or is there, you know?" Uh, which I really was caught off guard. <laughs> I was caught off guard. Because I'm not on a Harley, right? Right. And so all these guys are on Harleys, and and I kind of tell them why I'm here. And he's oh yeah, shit, follow me, you know. And he takes me over to the group, introduces me to all the guys, and there was only twelve of us, twelve, twelve or so. And mm-hmm. um, so they they uh, uh, kickstands up and head out, and um, we get going. And about ten miles down the road, another ten join the group. 20 miles down the road, another 20 or so joined the group. 
By the time we got to Missoula, which is 120 miles away-ish, there were 250 bikes in this procession. Nice. Um, they had, wow. they had, um, by the time we got into town, they, someone had gotten in touch with the police. They had shut down all, they, they had police at all the intersections for the, for the whole procession to get through town. We ended up at a, we ended up at a, there's a, a motorcycle church, um, that's, um, pretty well known. Uh, set free is the name of it. If you want to look them up there, the guy who started it was a, uh, a pagan, uh, okay. but he's no longer a pagan. So I don't mind telling you that, but, um, but he, there's chapters all over and they're actually, they're a church, but they're, they're kind of a club, but they're a church and they, so yeah, we get there and I'm at the very end. I stayed in the very back and there's, a, there's hundreds of bikes just so happened because of where I was in position, this church just has motorcycle parking, right? So they, they come in and they all park right in front of the church. Just so happened because of where I was at in line, I ended up parking my bike literally at the steps of this chapel, right? And so I'm, I was nervous, man. I'm, I was around, you know, clubs, presidents of these clubs from chapters from Washington and San Francisco and, and all over different and several different clubs that we've all heard of. Right. And, um, I go in and sit down I try to stay away and I get, I, I'm sitting there in in a group, uh, about 10 guys sit, sit around me. They just sit right next to me and they just start talking to me. And like, hey, we saw you. Is that your uh, Kawasaki out there? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, that looks like a nice bike. Do you, do you enjoy it? You, you been on any good rides? And these are real motorcycle guys. They're not booger eaters is what I'm getting at. You know, you, the moral of this story and wh- why I'm telling you it is these guys that are these hardcore bikers, they didn't give a shit. And there yeah. were there were plenty of non Harley bikes in this procession. They just didn't care. It was, it was quite an experience and, um, ended up going to the, to the cemetery where they buried this guy. And I'm not shitting you guys. There were unmarked black cars all around the cemetery with guys in suits. They were watching what was happening. These and it was just crazy. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. Uh, so yeah, it was a great experience. I had a great, I had a, an amazing time. But I'm the pretty point sure where we. I'm sorry, Dan. Well, no. I'm pretty pretty sure where we had the AMA show just to tie into your black suits guy. Uh, we had a we had issues with two clubs up here where there was a motorcycle event. It was in that area, and there wound up being literally 50 police cars outside this place by the end of the show, and that was the end of the show. Like they never had it there again. Yeah, yeah, that's shit. So happens. I've, I've I've seen that where you know at a biker event for one reason or another, there's uh, you know, a lot of either undercover or regular law yeah. enforcement involved. Well, what I thought was cool about this event and uh, not not to, you know, I'm not glamorizing what these guys do, right? Because obviously they do some pretty shady shit. But the point is, is they they collectively came together from all over the Northwest, California, Arizona, Utah, um, uh, you know, groups of right. of dif- differing opinions that normally under circumstances would not be seen 
in an area together. And we were, by the way, we were all warned. They said when we got to the cemetery, um, it's probably for your best interest that none of, if you happen to get a picture of a patch, that it does not show up on social media. That's probably in your best interest. <laughs> That's the Jeez. way they phrased it. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. but, um, you know, I mean, they all got, they were there. They were there to show their respect for one guy here in Montana who I had never heard of, but apparently was, was kind of, kind of an interloper. One of these guys that could, could, uh, mingle amongst the separate clans as it were, and not, without issue and he was very well respected. And so all these guys came together and for that moment in time, they were cordial and they know there was no arguments, no fighting and no guns drawn. (laughs) It was was a cool event. I digress. That's a great story. Yeah, it was a cool event and uh, it was very intimidating. And I was actually, I was glad I did it, but at the same time I was pretty relieved when it was over and I could go home. Well, I can imagine. Because it yeah. felt there, it for me. Yeah, like there's got to have been some tension in the air. Yeah, itself. for me, I felt tension, and and maybe it was because of my preconceived notions of of the people I happen to be standing around. Maybe that was the source of the tension. Maybe it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with these guys, you know. Sure. But anyway, it was cool, man. Nice. Yeah. Uh, those so, those are the motorcycle stories I love. By the way, that's yeah. the kind of shit that I've been doing. That I just I love love that shit. Still can't believe 800, 900 miles in a day. Whew. Yeah, I did it. I went down to visit our friend James in California. Mm-hmm. I left uh, Anaheim at 4 o'clock in the morning. I didn't stop till I got to Reno, Nevada. And it's uh, 800. And, and I went to – I didn't just go straight on the interstate. I went up Highway 1 all yeah. the way where Highway 1 is shut down. I had to backtrack several 60 miles and come back up through Sacramento. And, you know, it was a long trip. It was – I. It was about right at 900 miles, that 880 miles that day. Damn. Yeah. That's just, that's like double the amount of what I've heard is, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a long down the motorcycle. Like yeah. what, it is, 500 it is. is have you guys ever heard of, and I know we probably don't want to stay on this motorcycle trip too long because that's really not what this is about. But one last quick, have you guys heard of the Iron Butt Award? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yep. I thought about doing that, but the problem with that is, is you got to have witnesses and you got to have people help you to document it. Um, Isn't that like a hundred thousand miles? No, no, that's a thousand miles in twenty-four hours. Oh, a thousand miles. Okay. And you got to be able to document it. In other words, you have to have signed witness statements at the start. You have to keep. You have to uh, if you go off of a highway, and there's t- tons of rules. These are just kind of the top level, top basic rules. It, let's say you pick a route that requires you to jump from one highway to the next, but you're only on one highway for 10 miles. You have to stop and get gas and get a, a timestamp receipt. Then you have to take a picture of the receipt with your odometer. Oh, jeez. So mm. You literally, wow. I mean, you have to document, but you get a pretty cool trophy and then you get your name on a, on a, some kind of documented webpage and, uh, or it's the plaque, I guess you get. Mm. And then there's a, there's a couple levels. One of them's the first one's a thousand miles in 24 hours. The next one's like 1,500 miles in 24 hours. Wow! After 1,500 miles, you're pushing it. I mean, thousand miles, you're pushing it in 24 hours. It's a long time on a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've done here to Florida in 18 hours. I've done 1,200 miles in a car on a in. Oh you know, yeah. In, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, but I couldn't imagine doing that on a motorcycle. You better have one comfortable scooter, man. Yeah. So, sure. 
We're, I want to move on from the motorcycles. We went on it mm-hmm. quite a bit, but yeah. uh, I I do I I will get to some heli stuff because I do have a little bit of news there. But there's one other thing that I and I I think Kevin, you might be interested in this. I, I've I've always been into guitars. You you play guitar, right, Kevin? Yeah, Steve does too. Yep. Oh, do you? Too. Okay. Yeah. So I've always had several guitars, but in the last year, I've bought a few more, and I've kind of been re redoing my interest. Uh, I haven't really been. I've been studying theory. Have you guys studied? I mean, you get pay much attention to theory. You I know? did a little bit. I did a little, yeah. Dealing with uh, building chords, you know, learning yeah. scales and scales and modes, modes and modes yeah. and all that good shit. Modes. Yep. yep. So that's been fun, but I've I've learned something because I bought a really expensive Kurt Kurt Hammett signature guitar nice. uh, about a year and a half ago, and it's fantastic guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, but then I was reading an article about some guy that has like he's actually got a youtube page and he talks about these really cheap guitars that he buys not guitar max is it yes it's guitar max i watch that guy all the time so um great he then you saw probably one of the first project i did he he had a jackson uh what the hell model is it it's a uh js 32t jackson Okay. Uh, it's kind of looks like the Explorer, uh, Gibson Explorer. It's kind of okay. got that stuff. Yeah. But he talks about you know he he learned how to do fret leveling and and uh, you know working on frets and fixing the little issues that these cheap cheap guitars come with. But once you mm-hmm. do the work, you, they turn into these amazing guitars. So I bought this Jackson for I think it was two hundred dollars, and it played pretty good out of the box. The annotation was off, and you know yeah. obviously there was a little bit of fret buzz here and there. So I redid the fretboard i fixed the annotation and i put some uh, uh dime bag daryl pickups in it nice and are those I, the um are those the emgs the the powered yeah i got the pickups yeah. i can't remember the model number but i got them right over here i can yeah. go get them if you want me to but anyway yeah they're the um EMG was doing those. They carry King. I think I got the carry. Dude, King. I have the uh, Zach uh, Wild I got, I, set, the eighty one eighty five. I don't think so I good. don't think they're EMGs. Let me let me go. Okay. Let me, I'll be right. Literally, it's second one. Yeah, yeah, no worries. I knew they were doing that kind of thing. You know, I thought I had heard that also. Um, that they were doing the dime bag there. I one. think I think dime bag was sponsored by Diodarios. I thought. Yeah. But I could be I mistaken. I, know, I don't but, know what Kerry King had. I mean, I know he yeah. used to play Washburn guitars. Dime did. Yeah, the uh, it made Duncans. a big difference when I put the Seymour oh, um, Duncan's. What uh, Seymour's? Okay, yeah. Seymour Duncan's uh, Dimebags mm-hmm. signature set. They were pretty goddamn expensive. Yeah. But uh, just turn that guitar into a beast. I mean, and I, and I got to tell you, yeah. after fixing the fretboard. Uh, I had to do a little bit of uh, leveling. I had to do a little bit of woodwork to um, the saddle where the fretboard sits. Uh-huh. Right. And um, oh my god, I turned that two hundred dollar guitar into a two thousand dollar guitar, and, and I'm not even kidding. Nice. And it's fantastic. And, and I've done that another, to two Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, there's another uh, channel I watch called Guns and Guitars where he gets into. Uh-huh. Yeah, I watched that. it. Yeah. Yep. the the leveling of the neck and and uh, creating like just a really crude out of like a ruler or a straight edge. There's another yes. one that you should check out called Dave's World of Fun Stuff. All he does is work on guitars. 
he's he's out of Canada. I actually am a Patreon of his. I have seen him. Yeah, he's funny as hell, and he's like really knowledgeable. And uh, he just every episode he just takes a guitar that someone has sent him, and I think he does it for a living, and he just records it and shows you what he does and issues he has, and you know, kind of debunks myths about some of the more yeah. expensive, like he really does not like Gibson. And most people who know anything about guitars in this day and age, understand that Gibson lives off its name only. It's they've gone to hell. Yeah. They're, shit, they're shit guitars, you know, to get a good Gibson, you got to go back into the fifties. You know? Yeah. I never liked Gibson. It's just, it'll feel balanced to me. I'm always, they don't, uh, I actually bought a, uh, a kind of a, you know, uh, Paul Kelly, guitar who he used to work no it's not kelly allen god damn it i'm so bad with names but anyway he named the guitar after his kids so it's like it's like kelly allen i believe but um he he was a designer for prs for years and years and years nice. and he makes amazing guitars and they're PRS pretty expensive real I, nice yeah mm-hmm. I, I bought i bought one uh, i bought the high-end model that they sold and and uh it sounded great but like you said they're to me they're just not comfortable to play nope. they sound great but they're just not comfortable to play yeah and you have to stand and play i'm like or you have to put them between your legs like a classical guitar yeah that's, that's the position i use anyway that's the position sitting position that i've always played with classical okay. position but mm-hmm. so even then even then it was just really awkward to get yeah. down to the you know the high frets and stuff like that but so, anyway yeah. so i've been doing a lot of that um nice nice so let's get into some heli talk. Huh? Yeah. So have you been flying? You know, I have. I actually, not a lot. What? Don't, get, don't get too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't get too uh, excited, Steve. I bought a, was it last fall? I think it was last fall. It might have been early or late winter, but I bought a 570. Nice. Um, okay. Put it together, uh, flew it a few times, not a lot. And I like to uh, Andy was talking about how rusty he felt. Holy shit. Imagine going oh, yeah. you know, a year oh, and a yeah. half. It, it wasn't bad, though. And uh, so I I didn't I, – I actually yeah, – it was, it was late because I had bought it before the RCHN Funfly. So that's in, that was in September. So I had it a few months before then. But anyway, so I'm coming back from the RCHN event, and I stop at Dieter's. And those of you who listen to the show probably remember Dieter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he's like, uh, he's done. Like, he's done. Is he? Yeah, I haven't seen him put any videos out or anything. So. Yeah, dude, he he gave me, he gave me another five seventy. Gave it to me. Damn. Fully wow. fitted. Fully fitted minus a fly uh, fly barless controller. So I got a couple five mm-hmm. seventies, and uh, I ended up with a uh, Compass seven uh, HV. Oddly enough, uh, you guys might remember uh ed that i that mm-hmm. used to be on the show occasionally it's the mm-hmm. heli that i built for him uh he flew it once or twice ended up selling it to another guy locally here and uh he flew it once or twice literally this thing probably doesn't have any more than 10 flights on it and five of those i i flew <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, i remember ed yeah i remember ed yeah yeah so uh, uh ed sold it to fred which I've, who I've talked about before, right? And Fred and I went out to lunch here, I don't know, several months back, and I don't know how the conversation came up, but he offered to sell me the compass for just a few hundred dollars with two, two batteries, and so I bought that. That isn't flying, and I still got a bunch of the old helicopters from the old days. I still have uh, 
Forza. I got rid of the gassers. Don't do that anymore. Um, I've got a couple older helicopters that aren't really flying that I keep around. Like I always talked about the Ergos and the Raptors that I have. Mm-hmm. So I've still got a fairly decent, although I did sell quite a few helis. I still have quite a few. Uh, some of them are old and ancient and don't really fly, but some of these newer ones. But I really hadn't. By the end of the summer, I was pretty. By the time I went to the Fun Fly, I kind of got a little bug, you know, and I was kind of getting into it. I was flying a little bit once, once, maybe twice, three times a month, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this winter, uh, I got into a fender bender, pretty serious fender bender. Oh, jeez. Uh, and it sucked because I really like my old car. It's a Mitsubishi uh, Outlander's fantastic SUV. Runs runs great. Everything works on it. But I did smash the front end up pretty good. I hit somebody, slid right into him on an icy road. But um, I was going with dealing with the insurance. And every day to work, I drive by this auto body shop, and I know the kid that runs it. I went to high school with him, and. Um, one day I hadn't even really thought about bringing it to him until my insurance guy says, Oh, well, here you go. Here, I'll give you a check and you can take it to wherever you want. So I took it to him and I kind of told him what I want to do. I want to not eat into my deductible. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I right. want to get it fixed and we maybe we can cut a few corners. Right. You know, make it work. Yeah. Guy, we can do that. So anyway, we get to the bullshit and then it turns out he tells me he's been getting into RC and I hadn't talked to this literally since high school and I graduated in 1990. So that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And he's telling me he's getting into RC. So I just kind of, Oh yeah. Well, what, uh, what kind of RC are you getting? And he told me he bought a bunch of helis nice. over eBay. And I'm like, Holy <laughs> shit. It's like kismet. It's like, cause you know, back in the day, I, Part of the podcast was uh, it helped me kind of maintain my sanity in the hobby because I was here all by myself, you know, and and mm-hmm. I was kind of looking at that same situation where I was I'd go out and I'd get a little excited about flying, but then I'd be like, yeah, there's really no one to enjoy it with, so mm-hmm. maybe right. I'll maybe I'll play some video games, you know. <laughs> so we get to talk, and then it turns out he's bought some questionable stuff, and uh, you know he doesn't. He's never done it before. He doesn't know. So he he buys some stuff off eBay. Clones of clones type shit, right? Like uh, 401B gyros. Do you guys even remember those? Yep. I remember those. <laughs> yeah. I still have a few. Uh, 72 megahertz fishing pole radios. Crystal fishing <laughs> pole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, just uh, old analog servos. Um, just really old stuff and he's pretty excited about getting this stuff flying and i'm i'm excited for him but i'm also concerned that you know that type of equipment uh for a guy who doesn't isn't really involved or hasn't been involved in the hobby or been around anybody who has that can drive a guy out quicker and it can get him in you know just dealing with that you know how do you know when you first buy especially if you buy a used heli off eBay, how are you going to know that you have to set that head up? And do you know the process? Because setting up a fly barred head, as you guys remember, it's not, it's not just intuitive. Yeah. It's not like a fly head now. It's so easy. 
you know, we can look at it and we can go, well, yeah, it just makes sense. Uh, this has to be 90 degrees. That has to be even with this. And this has to be, you know, you can right. eyeball all that shit. That makes, that, that feels intuitive to those of us who have done it. Right. But do you remember yeah. how many finless videos you had to watch to get that shit right? Mm-hmm. You remember? Mm-hmm. And they crashes I had oh. to try and get that right. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get him. And I kind of, I think maybe I'm making some headway. We haven't got his heli flying. We're and it's actually, we're waiting on some parts. He had to, some batteries and, and some shit. And I, I ended up letting him use, and hopefully he will use it, uh, 14SG that I had, uh, at least to get him some semi, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. semi, you know, stuff that's, that's halfway decent as opposed to the 72, hertz, you know, megahertz radio. That has no programmability, by the way. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. But uh, so we'll see. But uh, I'm ex- it's exciting for me because now it's like he's calling me up and he's like, hey, man, uh, asking me these questions. And these are questions that I haven't had to think about for years because no one's been doing flybard helis for years. And so I'm having to go back and rewatch some videos. And I've noticed that, um, which kind of brings me to the next part of this was the whole uh, the Facebook or the uh, Heli Freak. Mm-hmm. It, that whole landscape's changed. Yeah, yeah. The the, um, the Run Riders done, done, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's closed, it's gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's funny you go through the main forum in Heli Freak, and it feels like the same post you read ten years ago. <laughs> isn't, isn't it it weird? is. But the problem is, is no now, one's going to it anymore. Yeah, but the problem now is there's no one around to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? It's the same posts and it's the same 25 guys that were on there 10 years ago. It's, yeah. It's Everything's moved to Facebook now. Everything is in the, the Facebook groups. Yeah, I was going to say that. Facebook. So what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I, I still see some of the same guys, some of the guys that uh, you know I had some issues with in days past, but they're still there. I mean, I still see... Guys like Topilot still mm-hmm. ty- tyrannically uh, yep. monitoring Heli Freak, and uh, I see uh, Skids is still still doing his thing there. Uh, it's almost like the bar down the street, you know. Uh, yeah, t- they're like the you know, They're always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same guy sitting on the same bar stool. Yeah, <laughs> ten years later, that's their so, bar stool. Their, their ass has been printed in that now. Exactly. Yeah, and it's um, I. I don't know. I guess I've been kind of keeping an eye on because I'm looking for some stuff. I did sell a lot of my shit, mainly tools, and I got rid of some charging gear. And I'm kind of regretting doing that now because, you know, it's funny thing is the advice I said it yourself. Oh, I know. I do, but (laughs) I was done, done, man. I swear to God, I was done. You know what I mean? I was so done that I just was like, I've I've been there. I bought the t shirt. I, you know, I've done it. I had fun with it. I have accomplished shit that I never imagined I would with it. And it's time to move on. Right. Yeah. I was pretty convinced I was done. I, you know, it's weird how life will turn you in a different direction. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, without my buddy, Nate, who's uh, by the way, the guy's name that, uh, the friend I went to high school with without him sparking this interest, I don't know. Because yeah. I I didn't start looking. I, I I need a new charging setup. I didn't even start looking for a new charging setup until after I talked to him and he got all excited about getting this heli flying, right? Yeah. So, Did, yeah, I mean, I go to the for sale forums and I don't know. It's The for sale stuff's 
still feels kind of active. That's really all it is. Like is for that sale all it stuff. Is? Yeah, for sale stuff. You'll you'll get some help. You know, there are, there are folks there that try to help people, new folks and stuff. But everything. I mean, even the for sale stuff has now moved to Facebook. Like all these RC heli buy and sell trade groups that are popping up, and it's instant gratification. Like you ask a question about something, you get twenty people replying back instantly. The problem with that put something is, up there, you get messages like crazy for sale. Problem with that is you you can't archive the real information. Yes. Well, I was about to say that it it gets lost though. It gets lost the, so easily, and you get the same questions. Right. right. You get the same questions over and over, and you get yeah. the same shitty advice, just like you would on the forum. You know, you'd post a question, and you'd have to filter out the twenty answers, and you make it one answer that was legit. Mm-hmm. But still, that answer was. It was repeatable. I mean, you, you could mm-hmm. find it. And, right. uh, and I don't know, man. I've heard some pretty sketchy things about some of these online groups, too. And some pretty reliable, well, people that I consider reliable anyway. I mean, people you know. I'm not going to say who, obviously, because I the, the drama <laughs> the drama is real <laughs> still, apparently. I, I just, I love it. I love how there's drama in this hobby. And, like, it's like we're all grown adults playing with fucking toy helicopters. There's drama. Like, really? Yeah, <laughs> you know one I thing. I, ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It is crazy. And oh my god, do I understand the drama? And you know the thing of it is, is, is um, I, I someone someone I talk to because I don't do Facebook. I've deleted my Facebook account. Right. I'm done done with Facebook. Um, but somebody somebody must have called me or sent me a text message, and I don't remember who. But apparently, they they pointed me to a uh, thread. Uh, by Will James, and uh, the thread oh, started. Oh yeah, off, <laughs> Will, the, the, <laughs> the threads. The thread started talking about the ads, and I would agree. The ads on Heli yeah. Freak are Heli just Freak's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. it's horrible. Yeah, but I I saw where Will James is saying he he wants to. He was talking about starting up a new. I mean, if you guys did you guys see that or hear that or is that is that just rumor? What's going on there? Yeah, I'm not sure what. Yeah, I you didn't see it. Must so not be. I'll check it out when you get a chance. Go there because apparently he was talking about. I, you know, talks cheap and. Yeah. yeah that's a whole other story. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the story you said about your buddy there with the old. I guess it's like you know, the old fly barless. It makes me think of my old 450 stuff that I still have somewhere. Uh, you know, my immediate thought is like, I just want to give this guy an oxy or something small yeah, well, yeah. out with, you know, or something like that. Exactly. And if I had anything like that, that, if I had anything like that, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. And I'm actually, yeah. and that's another, you know, and that was another, I, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm, I'm not really going to suggest to anybody to buy a small highlight, right? It's just, yeah. it's just yeah. not my style. But mm-hmm. so I, you know, for for me, the most acceptable small heli is a five seventy. Anything below that just doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah. in, my, in my book, you know, obviously, yeah, obviously that doesn't hold true for everybody. But so, but in his case, you know, I, I initially I was like, hey man, this this goblin five seventy, it's it's a it's a great heli. I actually took one over, let him look at it, and he was amazed at the difference. But then after I realized that, you know, in, in his eyes, all he's, he was seeing was dollar signs. And he, he hasn't yet been able to quantify the dollar sign enjoyment ratio, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't make sense to him. It doesn't, it, it just, he's like, a heli, is, a, a heli is a heli. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah. this heli flies, this heli is going to fly. Wood blades, by the way. Wood 
blades on this. Yeah. Uh, so he he hasn't been able to reconcile that 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 cost versus enjoyment ratio. That if he sticks with it, will either take him out of the hobby altogether because he can't or won't come to the understanding that a more modern machine is just going to be easier on him. Or he just, he's like, yeah, I'm not really, you know, it's not really something that I'm that interested in. So, you know, but then, so I'm thinking I kind of went, all right, well, if that's the case, well, you know, you can get some pretty good, you know, small helis and oxy. And I pointed some of those out to him and, um, I don't know. We'll see what he does. He, he's pretty excited about this. We fired it up just to see if the motor ran, uh, let it uh, spin up the blades a little bit. Uh, too much snow out here to really fly, but um, freaked him out. Yeah. It was in his, of it. <laughs> he's got a big shop, and we were in his shop, and it's loud as hell in there, obviously, and, and uh, freaked him out a little bit. <laughs> so we'll see. This, we'll see how it goes. This is his hell you fired up? Yeah, oh, this is your fire. Oh, his, okay. His, uh, what, what, what size did you say? What size he had? I don't think he did. It's a it's it's a sixty. It's an Ergo sixty. So oh, okay. six hundred ish size. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's got six hundred woodies on it. Something like that. It's got a fifty OS fifty in it. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh wow. So you know it's heavy as hell, and I, mm-hmm. it's it'll probably hover if I can get the headset up decently. It'll probably hover pretty good, but that's it, really. You know. Yeah, uh, which I will be able to. I'm not concerned about that. But um, my, cons- you know, I I just I would like to see him get a more modern machine, just from a pure enjoyment. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. well, not you know. And he's like, oh my god, what happens when I crash? I said, dude, don't you? Yeah, you got to get that out. I mean, it's going to crash. Well, it's, I was yeah. going to say that old fly bar heli. The first crash is going to be brutal. That's and yeah. that's what I told him. I said, dude, first first things first. You got to try, you got to now, you got to now, you got to start sourcing out replacements. I mean, you need to start looking for that replacements for that heli now. Because if you wait until the day you crash, you're not going to be flying for months. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really hard because it's a clone of a clone of a clone. You know, it's like a, it's like a Franken heli. It (laughs) kind of has a JR Vibe 50 look. Uh, to it, but it's 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 kind of a, an amalgamation between a Vibe 50 and a Ergo, and uh, it's made by a company that is trying to represent itself as Thunder Tiger based on the name on the canopy. It's something Tiger, but it's not Thunder. It's I can't remember, but it's something that alludes to Thunder. And I thirsty Tiger something, yeah, it's something. Great. <laughs> Wild can- tiger. The canopy kind of looks like a Raptor canopy. I mean, so if you saw it with the canopy on, you would think it was a raptor. You really would. Because mainly you would see the word tiger on it. And so mm-hmm. that's your brain would just make that connection. Boom, boom, tiger. So it's going to be hard to find parts. I'm sure he could Frank and Heli that thing together. I mean, probably put parts from lots of different helis on it if he needed to. But he wouldn't. Somebody that knew how to, you know, had experience with it might be able to. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm kind of looking forward to this summer. We'll see if... Uh, See if we get back into the flying. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I mean, help him get that thing hovering, and yeah, it's gonna go in. But and then be like, okay, let me buddy box you on my five seventy. Yeah, I'm gonna buddy box yeah. him on the. I'm gonna buddy box him on the seven hundred with the uh, V controls. Woo! 
Nice. So we can Not see playing what any real, games. <laughs> yeah. So we can so we can get an idea what a real big smooth yeah. heli feels like because mm-hmm. that compass is smooth as hell, man. That's a really nice heli. And you know it's crazy. Like with this day and age, like you don't have to get the latest and greatest. Like even if you bought like a T Rex seven hundred L, you know it would be way better than that clone. Yeah, um, yeah. You know you get an XL Power five twenty with a motor for like three hundred dollars with airframe. Like it's ridiculously cheap for some of these brands. And you know it's like there's so much better helis out there that he can still get with. I'm sure he can get within his price range. Yeah, and see that's the thing. I'm unaware. I've been out of this. I've been out of mm-hmm. the out of the loop. So I don't, you know, I'm still kind of stuck in that fairly expensive heli mindset because I always was. You know, mm. you I get mean, a Goblin, uh, you know, Black Thunder Sport like airframe now for like seven hundred bucks, seven fifty. Yeah, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Crazy. Not a you know they used to be all a thousand, twelve hundred, you know, for a seven hundred. No, nope, not anymore. Yeah, so. it's it's. Uh, I, I've been. You know, I've been kind of looking, going to some of the sites that I, I well, mm-hmm. I go to the BK site occasionally because I every now and then I flirt around with the idea of getting getting another <laughs> big goblin. But yeah, I've got plenty of helis. I, yeah. I I've got fairly modern stuff. It's only been a year or so, so it's not like uh, yeah, you're, you're still, still flying V control, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Get him on a simulator, you know, if he's serious. About That's it. something I wanted to ask you. What's the what's the new? What are all the cool kids playing these days, simulator wise? What's what? Uh, AccuRC two. You'd have to ask Andy because he's way cooler than I am. Yeah, AccuRC. So is that thing okay. is that thing still a system hog? No, I mean, no, not anymore. Because it, it used to be. Mm-hmm. Used to be had, had like a like a mission control computer to run yeah you need a top-end gaming computer now it's you know it's you can play on most computers most gaming laptops can play fine you, know, you might have to dial some stuff down but it has recent models on it which is a big plus in my book um i loaded it on my work laptop yeah hopefully nobody from work is listening so how about the tunability and do the to the uh the yeah. uh i guess the models that come with it yeah, it's out of the box. Are they flying pretty good, or do you got to yeah. tweak them pretty hard? I mean, they're pretty, pretty quick and agile. But like, you could turn things down. They, they feel like they're like fourteen degrees at twenty two hundred. That's like they seem pretty like snappy and crazy, like a sim. But you can dial it all down, and you can do it on a bench, like in like you would do in real life. So you put a pitch gauge on there and go to twelve and a half, and do all that stuff. You know, Wait a minute. what? Yeah. <laughs> What are you talking about? Like it's like an it's animated pitch game? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And huh. so you see the helicopter in your heli room, quote unquote air quotes, heli room, and and you can say, Okay, I'm gonna put a do my pitch and they'll put a pitch gauge on it and they'll look at the pitch gauge. You can dial <laughs> it in that way, all the cyclic stuff, your agility, yeah. everything. It's very similar to V control or um CGY wow. and you know, all the other uh fly units and it works yeah. great. It's you can get it on Steam, can't you? And it's Correct. on yeah. Steam, meaning you can get mm-hmm. and you and know you can install it on multiple computers too. What is it like fifty bucks or something? Yeah, fifty yeah. bucks. Plug your V mm. control straight in with the USB yep. cord. You don't need any dongles or yep. nothing. It's native for it. Yep, works just perfect. I don't. I've never really messed with the pitch gauge and all that crap. Mm-hmm. But the tuning part of it, Dan, is is just like tuning any fly barless. You know, yeah. you're flipping roll rates. This you don't have to go searching for all the weird parameters and right, right. Yeah, like real flight, real flight. It's very simple to to tune it to feel like you're 
real yep. birds. I have yeah, to and throw I think some... I changed one one setting on mine to make my 690 feel like the 690 in real life, and huh. and it was flying pretty good. I and I've been practicing on on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I getting too crazy into it, you know. I have been trying to get him to do a sim, but he's not really a computer guy, and he's got like a he's got like a I don't know Windows XP machine type situation yeah. going. <laughs> that might be difficult. Yeah, okay. yeah. But um, he, I tell you, he's bought a lot of the smaller kind of. I, I would almost say they're blade knockoffs. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of look like blade, the small blade. Uh, I can't remember what the hell the names are those those goddamn little hellies are but uh yeah, XK he's got yeah he's got sev- several of those he's got a couple of big old coax you know useless hellies that he's been playing with <laughs> mm. i mean he's bought he's bought like 15 hellies but they're all little junky ones and then mm-hmm. these then this, right. this bigger but he only paid he i don't know i think he paid 250 for that heli so yeah it is what it is yeah mm-hmm. but well, I, I'm, I'm sure you'll i'm sorry Andico. I just had a quick question um, going back to when you were talking to this guy at the shop. Did he know that you were in the hobby no. uh, with the helicopters or was that just kind of a random like, hey, random. I've been getting into this. And you're like, well, let me tell you something, boy. Yeah, it was <laughs> completely random. In fact, um, you know, because. That's I, really cool. Lo- local people, I they don't know anything about that. Sure. Stuff. And I actually was uh, my I, I was going there because I took my car in. He ordered the parts because I still needed it. I still drove. I still needed it to get back and forth to work. So I took it in one week and he figured out all the parts and then I left and then I came back the next week to drop it off. And so my brother was there because my brother was going to be right home. And it was weird because we're we all went to school together. My brother was a few years older, but still knew Nate. And uh, uh, actually, his older sister was in his class, but. Um, they, when he said that, even my brother kind of looked at me and giggled. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. That's just, that's just a cool coincidence. It's, and yeah. I just so happened, uh, I was, I, I was, wasn't wearing an RCHN hoodie, but I just so happened to be wearing an RCHN t-shirt underneath. So I took my hoodie off to show him the t-shirt and he was like, oh my God. And you know, here's the weird thing about that situation is like, um, it doesn't, for a guy like him who was never into the RC stuff, never into that, it uh, telling him that I did that podcast doesn't mean a well, damn. yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. mean anything. You know, but uh, I was just thinking, it's like the I don't know whatever universe or whatever keeps pulling you back in. It's like you can't well, get it, out of it. It, it kind of does, you know. Actually, um, you guys were talking about the AMA show. I actually, for the first time in a couple of years. Uh, re-upped my AMA. Uh, I had to, so I could fly mm-hmm. at the at the field. Mm-hmm. I still refuse. I still refuse to register my my machines. I'm not going to do it. Come get me, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because fuck that. That's just bullshit. Is what that is. Yeah. Total. Yeah. Total bullshit. I mean, Come. look. Uh, I I had some listeners that literally stopped talking to me. They didn't stop necessarily listening to the show because they liked the other guys, but they. They developed a dislike for me because of my outspoken uh, view of the AMA and their absolutely feckless attempt at helping our aspect of the hobby. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. I mean, you ha- that's that's just a truth. Yeah. 
if you look back at the history, they were so wrapped up in the whole multi-rotor thing that they forgot about every other aspect of the hobby. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. they, they just bent over backwards, the memorandum of understanding with the FAA and the AMA. And they just, they did shit and they take, I don't remember what I did I pay. They paid, what was it? 78 bucks a year. I don't, it's 70 something, or 80 bucks. 80, yeah. something yeah. like that yeah. from all of us. And they did shit. And um, the fact that we as hobbyists have to register our machines with the FAA, government doesn't need to know that I've got a heli- RC helicopter. No. Just doesn't need to know. It's none of, I mean, it's, it's, it, just, it just pisses me off. <laughs> you know, it just pisses me off. And like I said, yeah. I had listeners who I had regular contact with for years just refuse to accept the fact that I could have such a, uh, in their opinion, a bad opinion of the AMA. They just thought I was being unreasonable. And maybe I was, but I still feel strongly about it. You know? Well, and I think back when AMA was founded and clubs like that were founded, no matter what they were, they were more people were more i mean independent they didn't want anything to do with the government I right mean, yet you had towns turning the government away at the border of the town because they didn't want their help in a hurricane relief and now it seems completely 180 where the everything has to be government running i don't know i'm 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 really with you uh as far as that goes i mean i think you know the gov- less government intrusion intrusion in our lives the better well, you know, especially for something that the AMA had been around longer than the FAA. And the yeah. AMA had been re- regulating, and I mean, you can't see them, but I'm doing finger quotes right now. Mm-hmm. They've been regulating the hobby uh, effectively for years. Um, why they didn't take a tougher stance? Uh, I, well, because they couldn't. Let's face it. But yeah. but but why couldn't they just tell us that? Why couldn't they have just said, "Look, guys, this the, we're we're we have met an immovable object. The government's going to do what the government wants to do, and there's very little we can do about it." But what did they do? They let us on. Oh, contact this senator. Contact. Do you think they read any of that bullshit? They didn't read any nope. of that shit. No. They right? don't even read the laws they're voting in. Exactly. Yeah. And so if they if the if the AMA would have just sent me a letter and say, look, Dan, and I I don't mean Dan me personally, but send me a letter that says, look, man, you know, here's the deal. There's really not much we can do about this. And yeah, we'll we'll send some letters and we'll we'll do what we can. But I mean they they tried to make it they tried to paint themselves in a position that they were doing something and they would they, I remember the false hope, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, remember oh, yeah. there there was a time when oh my god, victory! We don't we don't have to register. Yeah. We don't have to register our our hobby machines as long as you're flying line of sight, as long as you're flying in a controlled area with uh, you know a certain distance from airports and you're obeying the rules. Guess what? You're good to go, and that's the way it should be. Yes. You that know? lasted about three months. Yeah, and yeah. then all then all of a sudden, I wasn't even in the hobby when that shit turned around. And I, and I was still kind of, cause I 
for whatever reason, even when you don't belong to the AMA, they still send you letters. I don't, I don't know if you guys know that. Well, they did me anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't obviously getting the, the, the report, the, the, the uh, newsletter, mag- that shitty magazine. magazine they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they send you these links to these these uh video blogs that they do you know and they got these high production value video blogs and and they killed me at the time they didn't even have they didn't even have the information correct in those video no. blogs right and they, they kept saying registering the model and it was you that had to register and you had to put your number on the model so i guess technically but you weren't having to register you don't have to fill out 50 registration forms for 50 models it wasn't anything like that yeah it was ridiculous and then they all it was was lip service it was just all they were trying to do was was quell the the dissatisfaction from members saying what the hell's going on here guys just you know yep. let's be upfront with us tell us what's going on because they lost a lot of membership i i don't know the numbers been and i, I haven't I haven't talked to anybody that told me they lost membership but i just my gut tells me they lost a lot of membership over that um and and, and do you guys remember the way they ju- they just embraced the multi dude the multi rotors destroyed our hobby. I still believe that. And I remember when I started talking about that a couple years before it started happening everyone's like, "Oh, pff, come on, come on, man. Where's you- do you need me to send you some tinfoil? Cuz really <laughs> you need you need to make yourself a little hat. Seriously. Well, I don't know if the multi rotors destroyed it or if the idiots behind the multi rotors. Well, that it's one. You know of what I mean? Yeah. I know it's one of the same, but I, I think it's more of the guys that were were buying the stuff in, in it's DJI. Best Buy, and it wasn't the the. I don't know if it was the racers. I mean, the AMA members knew the AMA rules. It was these guys outside that. Yeah, like, I mean, that, I, how are you come on, let's control? not kid. Let's not kid ourselves. Even the AMA members and that only do quad racing. They're flying well beyond line of sight with their fixed wings. They are they're doing long range stuff. Well, look, yeah, I mean, they're breaking the rules all the time. To dig up some old history and Thumpy, what the hell was that guy's name from Sweden? Thumpy, Bumpy, oh. Chat, Chat, Trappy, Trappy, Trappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Thumpy, Bumpy, <laughs> Trappy. Well, well, his name. So look, I mean this this guy this guy thought he was a pioneer, right? But he, he 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 was he he was the guy that brought the spotlight on it. Yeah, he wanted, yeah. He wanted people to notice. Well, he uh-huh. got people to notice. Yeah, he did. He got the wrong, wrong people. goddamn people to notice. And then mm-hmm. and then look, um, I see it still today. In fact, my buddy Nate and I decided to go into town because there's this there's this new shop in town. It's called uh, Bitter at Drone because Bitter Valley is where I live, right? Okay. And he's like, he's got this sign and RC cars and boats and blah, 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 blah. So we're like, oh, maybe he's got some batteries or some stuff we could use to get your heli going. And we walk in there and he's got nothing. He's got nothing. He's got a couple DJI sitting on a counter. And um, so we get to talking to him and, oh, yeah, I do uh you know, I do aerial photography and, you know, and he, he's going on and on about his part 107 and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, oh, so what'd you fly before you started doing the multi-rotors? Were you into airplanes? Maybe helicopters? Oh, no, no. I really wasn't in the hobby. So, and like I said, if, if you go back to many, 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 many episodes ago, 
exactly what happened, what I thought was going to happen, happened. So people saw this opportunity. And I'll admit, I got involved with it, but at a, from a different aspect. We were design, we were designing, you know, very high end industrial drones, uh, way out of hobby hobby's reach. I mean, yeah. you know, several right. thousand. And that stuff's okay. I mean, I'd rather have a drone go up than a, well, a film crew or you know whatever. Yeah. The thing of it is, is that aspect of it, I, I'm okay with because that's that that's a professional situation yeah. where they're 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 doing an inspection. They're not flying over crowds. They're not. They're they're very controlled situations. Mm-hmm. But this is the guy. This is this is one of the guys who had no respect for the hobby that you and Andy and Kevin have, who who have spent hours learning our machines. You know, being very cautious to not hurt anybody or fly our machines in dangerous ways, respecting the rules, the AMA regulations, rules, whatever you want to call them, uh, paying close attention to where we're flying and how we're flying. Then you had these guys. All they saw were dollar signs. And I said this from day one, and it happened. They saw dollar signs. They saw an opportunity, which is a real opportunity for those who want to take it seriously. And there are guys out there who do take it extremely seriously. They fly under controlled situations. They, yep. they relent to fly over people. Um, right. they, they do whatever they can to make it as safe as they can. But these guys saw a way to make money. And they had no respect for the hobby. They had no respect for the AMA. They had no respect for anybody. Because I did respect the AMA. And I supported the AMA wholeheartedly before all this shit went down. I mean, I, I was a proud AMA member, you know, being part of an organization that had a, a tradition and history in RC, uh, you know, aircraft. And I was very, it was a, it was a pleasure to be a part of that, mm-hmm. but it all went to hell. Right. It all went to hell and it still is going to hell. I mean, you see it daily. Like I, there's, I got a fetish. I don't, I love to, to watch YouTube videos, especially, full-time RV or YouTube videos because that's just something that I'd long to do someday. I'd love to go full-time RV because I'd love to travel, right? I'd love to be able to get a toy hauler, go to a part of the country, take my motorcycle out, stay there for a month and just explore every road on my motorcycle in that region, right? God, I'd love to do that. So I watch these videos all the time. What do you see on every video? You'll see these guys parked at a huge they're getting service done to their RV, right? And they're at they're at a 120-acre RV lot mm-hmm. with millions and millions of dollars of inventory on the ground. <laughs> People walking around looking, and they're just yep. haphazardly flying these drones right over the top of these people. They don't give a shit, right? They don't care. All they want is the shot because they think it's going to make their YouTube video look better than the next. Sure. And that's just the that's the wrong way to look at it. Well, that's, they don't know any better. They don't, and that, exactly. they don't give a shit, but they also don't know that they should give a shit. And why That's don't the they know any better? Because they haven't taken the time, like mm-hmm. you and your listeners and the people who listen to, to our show, yeah. and, and even the people who don't listen to the show who are still love this hobby and respect this hobby to the point where they care. They care. They know they're not going to go buy a multi-rotor and fly the goddamn thing over a beach with, with 500 people underneath them. You know, but you see that shit every day Mm -hmm. and it's getting bad. Like you guys remember shit. It was just a few months ago. 
they they grounded some flights out of I think London because mm-hmm. a pilot saw said he saw a multi rotor and they shut down flights and they went and to it this was, guy. It wasn't they even went, a multi rotor. It was a no. goddamn base of an office chair on the ground. That's what they saw. So they went to this guy locally who had, was known in the area as, as flying, and they raided his house. They took him wow. and his family out of his house. Yep. And they took him down in questioning for 24 hours. Turns out it was the base of an office chair. That's the craziness that we've come to. It's hysteria. That's, you know, people are like, I've seen so many videos on Facebook and YouTube. It's like, you can't fly that drone. Here. It's like, well, I'm 107 and I'm doing a job for this contracting company right across the street. And guys, I'm going to call the cops. Well, call the cops. And the cops can't yes. say, just leave the guy alone. What are you doing? Leave him alone. Yeah. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it, it is. It's hysteria. Well, I remember when that happened, I was, I happened to be at work and I was watching news, uh, uh, in the morning and, uh, was watching the news report and then the little teleprompter cutie was reading the, the news story. And of course they've got to add their few minutes of ad lib into their conversation with their cohorts that they're sitting next mm-hmm. to on the couch. And they're like, these things are so dangerous. They are so dangerous. And they're talking about how they had to ground these airplanes in London for X amount of hours and how many flights got missed and how much money it cost and yada, yada, yada. Only to find out it was a, it was an office chair. It was the base yeah. of an office chair sitting on the ground. <laughs> yeah, the well, the news media has made drones like a buzz evil it word, is. too. Yeah. So it's but you know what's not helping about us. That? They're the first ones to put one in the air. Oh when yeah, when they want to get a picture of something. Yep. And they'll even I mean, they'll, they'll proudly they'll proudly display it on their screen. Drone footage. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it sells. It sells. It sells sure. papers. It sells news feeds. You know, people. Like, oh my god, another drone! It's it's a buzzword that people like now want to talk to their friends about. And did you? Everybody's about this? worried about getting spied on. See, oh my god, they could look into your window and see you. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah, that's what they want to do. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to buy a couple thousand dollars of equipment so I can watch your fat ass wife get undressed in the bathroom. Yeah. And not even that. It's fucking loud <laughs> right. as hell. Like you would hear it out your window. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I can I can do that for free. I, I can go to Pornhub. Right. I, can, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't right. Even, I don't even have to pay for that shit. We live in a marvelous <laughs> yeah. age. Right. Not even that. We have better f- cameras on our phones than yeah. the ones that are on these, you know, like, I mean. Not the the consumer drones, not the professionals, obviously, but you know, consumer drones like a DJI, whatever. Yeah, my 4K 60 frames a second beat that. It's better zoom than yours, you know, GoPro yeah, it's, does. It's like, ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. But what are you gonna do? I mean, it's um, it was a battle that I I didn't see us winning from the beginning. I, yeah, I really didn't, and that's where my frustration with the AMA came in. You know, it's just like just be be honest with me, guys. I mean, the honesty was coming from guys at our club. Once that enforcement went in that we had to have the FAA numbers, we were getting it from the club basically saying, hey, we don't want to do this, but we have to. Yeah, we well, have to, we have to have you guys, you know, follow but the thing the is, is they don't have to. They chose. Yeah, they to. really don't. They yeah, don't that, have to. It's not an AMA. Law. My club they, chose no, not to worry about it. Exactly. That's well, the they're going to have to was. now, aren't they? No, it's not an AMA ruling, so they don't Ever- have to follow it. It's kind of a fly at your own risk type thing. Yeah. It's the chance that you want to take as an individual. It's like uh, going back to the RV topic. You know, there's rules about how long your rigs can be. A lot of people just don't even think about those rules because they they it's to them it's like well, what are the odds? 
I'm just going to play the odds that I'm never going to get get busted for being two feet over length. You know that. Well, it's, I thought with the new regulation, it was it didn't matter whether we were AMA or not. It was FAA? Uh, well, say, yeah. What I'm saying is that. the the club has no right to enforce an FAA ruling. The club, an AMA club, only has to worry about AMA rules. Oh, I see. What to be saying. a yeah, sanctioned so club, so can, that's on a per club basis. A lot have chose to enforce chose it. To. I don't know why, but they have, and a lot have chose to not well, enforce it. My club, they chose to. They chose to uh, went to the winter meeting, and uh, they chose to strongly suggest that you comply. But right. otherwise, we don't give a shit. Right. I mean, we don't have guys going around checking, but no, yeah. That, or, or initially, that was the word we got. Yeah, but when we know. renewed, we have to also submit not just our AMA number, but our FA number. So yeah. they are kind of. Well, they're know. checking to see if we're oh, registered, I didn't, but they're not I didn't checking have... the actual craft itself. Oh, well, this guess... is our club, not not like you know AMA is requiring it, but like our club is requiring when we renew to. Also provide that number. That's crazy because if that That's, ever happens to me, I'm. Uh, I guess I don't own any more machines. I just happen to be flying a friend's machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see, that's a, a club. Number. <laughs> that's a club decision, and yeah. why they would do that is beyond me. I don't know. I think. Well, I it's understand all fear why of losing the club and losing yeah, the so ground. Our 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 club is, our, is. You know, we get the we we have the field. You know, it's like county property, and they let us use okay. it. So they don't want to risk, you okay. know, yes. federal that's government a, coming in and saying, "Well, a, these guys aren't following the rules," and then yeah, them kicking us off the land. Yeah, that's yeah. prime example of why a club yeah. would enforce. And I understand that. it. I understand, it. and that's why I will yeah. comply. But without, you know, with with you know the test fit, and I just can't stand it. But you know, I'll do what I have to do. I mean, going back to what should have been done initially, you know, I know that. The horse has already left the gate, but um, I think uh, in terms of I live in New Jersey, I can go to Pennsylvania and I can buy fireworks. And when I walk into that place, I have to give them my driver's license. I mm-hmm. mean, I know that things are different the way they're selling drones and stuff like that. Um, but the you know they could have came out initially and said, you know, you want to buy from Best Buy, you have to provide your driver's license information. As far That's as what that, they should and do. Record that they should have done that from the start. Because yeah. then people would say, "Oh, wait a minute, I have to be responsible." You know? Yeah, you're. I'm personally held liable. Yeah, then it becomes an issue. So maybe they don't fly next to the White House, or they don't fly, you know, within an airport, you know, a couple of miles of an airport. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, but anyway, but it, but it all walks down <laughs> that here's, line. Here, look, here's here's my take on that. Is I don't necessarily agree with that either, and, I, and I'm not. Just for me personally, because it's for me, it's kind of goes along the same lines as gun control laws. Right. I was gonna, just going to uh-huh. say that. I mean, we're I I'm a law abiding citizen. Um, but chances, you know, just by definition, criminals do not obey laws. Yeah. By definition. What, right. So what you know, just because you make me go through all the hoops, I'm not going to do that shit anyway. I'm not going to do that shit anyway, but you're going to make me go through the loops. But the kid down the street who just doesn't give a shit, he's not. He's not going to go through those loops. He's going to you're you're always going to be able to find a way to buy a drone, even if you had to go down and give your whole life story yeah. uh, at, at point of purchase. Because someone's I mean, going to get tired of it and want to sell it used and they're not going to care. I mean, right. look on Craigslist, even here in this small area I live in. 
I could go on Craigslist right now and I'll bet you I could find five or six drones for sale. Yep. Yep. You know, and those people don't care. Nobody. Yeah, and if I wanted to build something to do something devious, I could and that's easily the thing. do that and build it with, uh, you know, parts that I got from here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, you, you can never find it. You can build a multi rotor for a few bucks, man. Literally, you could build a multi rotor with two sticks that are the same length. Yeah, right. You know, and 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 fifteen dollar motors and a. Uh, Arduino or a cheap Pickhawk or a clone of a Pickhawk, which is uh-huh. you could buy for 20 bucks. Yep. Yep. You have a multi rotor. Yeah. <laughs> that can carry a way bigger payload than your sure. Phantom or your Spark or your Mavic. Yeah. For sure. It's a it's an interesting situation. And and even so, if I do get back into the hobby for real, I'm certainly not going to be registering anything. So come and get me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so tell us how you really now. <laughs> so <laughs> now that's that's your your take on AMA. But have you heard about the recent debacle of AMA and Urcha? No, fill me in. I'm interested. So you know Urcha and the Jamboree. They've had that. Right. You know, they that week, first week of August, set right. for uh, mm-hmm. how many years? Since maybe oh. a year or two after they started. Yeah. And then AMA comes this past year and is like. Yeah, no, you guys can't have that date. We've booked that date for a rocketry cup. Oh, my God. And come to find out, there's some backstory that maybe someone from Mercha and someone from AMA don't get along. And, oh, it doesn't surprise you. Know, it doesn't surprise you, right? So mm-hmm. so now, you know, and, and to me, I'm just like, come on, Urcha, grow some fucking balls. Like, what? Why? why would you let, like, why would you concede? Like, you should be fighting them tooth and nail trying to get those days because that's tradition you know isn't ama about tradition and all this stuff you know who's the president of uh, ama these days american model association i got a magazine right president. here president still bob brown i have no idea oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't eric williams my district to uh oh, oh, Ernest grant hang on i'm looking in the magazine here uh, uh, January 2019. Rich Hanson. Ernest, uh, Ernest Grant will, in January 2019, will become the first man to president of the. Oh, that's American Nurses Association. <laughs> <laughs> Rich Hanson yeah. is the I, president right now. I know Rich Hanson. Um, had several conversations with him. Um, Look, back in the day when we tried to do the RC Fly thing, mm-hmm. um, several of us got together and we had several conference calls. And we had one guy on our team that uh, was a, a pr- pretty well-traveled lawyer, mm-hmm. um, very good at diplomatic type negotiations i mean he wasn't a he's not a trial lawyer he he i don't want to i'm trying not to go into too much detail because i just i got it but anyway he's a lawyer that travels the world and does crazy big meetings for crazy big companies and deals with crazy amounts of money in the process but so we we tried unsuccessfully to kind of get involved in the early days of all that through RC Fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we registered as a nonprofit. We went through all the hoops and ladders. Um, 
we had conference calls with Rich Hansen and Bob Brown and um, a couple of the other big wigs there. And um, I can tell you this. Their dis- disinterest and dismissiveness in our concerns as hobbyists was outstanding. Doesn't surprise me. And the way it got to the point where, uh, you know, the lawyer was trying to, to be diplomatic and not really bring emotion into it, just the facts. And I have a tendency to get a little riled up and, and, and I start talking with a little bit of heat sometimes, a little bit of passion sometimes. And so I couldn't help it. I, I couldn't hold back. And, and I'm just like, what are, what are we doing here? What, what are we trying to do to the hobby? I mean, are we, right. do we not understand what we're up against? Because, you know, the government, we all know, and I kept saying this, they don't, they don't distinguish, they don't discriminate. Uh-huh. They look at a hobby regardless of, they, they don't distinguish between a helicopter, an airplane, and a multi-rotor. To them, it's all one and the same. So when they yep. take that big red paintbrush and they slap it across the hobby, guess what? We're all going to be drug into this. And they just would not accept that. They wouldn't accept it. They dismissed it. No, no, that's, I don't, I just don't see that happening. We had the memorandum of understanding and we were working hand in hand and, and Rich Hansen's been spending time in Washington talking to these people. No matter how much you talk to Google, Amazon, they got more money than fucking dirt. Like, I mean, they can do whatever they want and they'll lobby whatever they need to do to get their skies, you know, these guys that we fly in theirs. Well, then you brought up Trappy earlier and the, I remember distinctly he went to court and the government really had no basis to charge him with anything. And I remember the comment, I don't know if it was on your show or another show or whoever said it, but they said one thing the government is not accustomed to is losing. Oh yeah. And what is going to be the repercussions of, Oh yeah, and, and yeah. Was... You cha- challenge a bureaucrat, yeah, right, and watch what happens. They'll invent a way to charge yeah. you with something, and they have. Yes, what they've done. Yeah, yeah. right. It, it's just it's nuts. It's craziness, and you know we all felt it. And hey, you know maybe we're blowing this out of proportion. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're telling us that they all want us to register our machines, but it's just like one of those mm. rules. Like, yeah, I mean, Think about the newer, the the latest of the latest transponders on our fucking helicopters. Are you ridiculous? Like, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. really? Yeah. Like we have to spend whatever they cost. They ain't gonna be cheap. Transponders aren't cheap. <laughs> no. You know. And I don't know how big they are, but regardless, I don't want that shit on my helicopter. Yeah. So the transponder, uh, I'm not really familiar with that, uh, but I'm guessing that's something that can then be recognized on radar. Is that? Does that right. let them know yeah. somehow where yeah, you yes. are and who you it's, are? It's, it so identifies you? Identification yeah. device. So, so they're talking about this, this now. Why doesn't the AMA... Now, I just thought of this in two seconds. Why doesn't the AMA come up and say, okay, we'll have a stationary transponder that has to be at the AMA field that covers everybody that's flying there? Why couldn't you do that? You'll know right there is the AMA field. And we're not going to, supposed to go above 400 feet. Nothing right. to change anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's uh, do you, you know, I don't ever really hear... Uh, I, to be honest, though, I don't, uh, I don't really read that rag that they send. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get the paper copy. So I usually skim through the, 
the web version of it or whatever and and you know typically it's fluff pieces and it's shitty reviews you know um of you ever notice have you ever read a review in the ama magazine well, if, if i've read a review yeah, well ne- yeah. next next ta- next time just read one one month and then wait or however long is it quarterly i don't know but uh, the next one that comes out read another i dare you to try to find a, a review that actually says anything negative you and i dare oh, no, you won't find, you won't find it i don't care what machine you're reviewing there's going to be something negative about it doesn't necessarily it's not a deal breaker right yeah it, it, uh, it's like there, there's anything you buy even this new motorcycle that i bought there's going to be yeah. shit that i don't like sure <laughs> right you know yeah but shit that happens mean, that you're like what the hell why did this just happen like, doesn't it doesn't mean really i won't sense. love the machine because sure. i will mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, you got to be realistic. But anyway, that's that's neither here. Nor. I, I mean, uh, it's a rag. But uh, you know, I, I don't I don't ever see anything. I don't see anything proactive uh, when it comes to all this shit. I, I don't even really hear. Do you guys ever hear anything anymore? I don't. It's like, do they even care anymore? You know. I, I don't. Mean, I I I kind of just like play deaf ear to it now. It's whatever but they you, are saying yeah. doesn't really matter. That's the thing, and that's the shame of it too. That's yeah. because at a time there was a there was a time when we when we all cared about it. But it was at a time when we were led to believe that our voice was going to mean something. And let's be honest, you know, how many members do they have? Sixty thousand, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Yeah, a shit thousand, a hundred thousand doesn't mean a damn thing in the in the grand scheme of things. And did you guys read that report? That the FAA put out when they first started making people register their drones, their commercial drones, they had more registrations for commercial drone pilots than they had for actual private pilots. Yeah, because AMA is huge. Like if you think about like okay, hundred thousand AMA registered pilots, right? And yeah, I mean, how how many it, drones the DJI sell? I mean, they probably sold even more than that. Yeah, well, they sold a million, right? Yeah, at least. The problem, the AMA, in the grand scheme of things, the AMA is not a big organization. I mean, mean, considering it's such a niche hobby, yeah, Mm -hmm. there's quite a few people. But you compare the AMA to the NRA, it's just nothing, it's not even close. But what I'm getting at is it didn't matter what the AMA said, what the AMA did, what we as members of the AMA wanted to happen. We just were not a big enough contingency you know we just didn't have the numbers that politicians they didn't care no they just no, didn't care a hundred thousand people and you know it's not that's not that many uh, people to disappoint when you yeah, have I mean, the whole country the of, yeah 300 million yeah. give or take in the country i mean it's just such a small percentage it is and i remember we watching don't some, really have a voice i remember watching some faa um I used to watch all those those FAA briefings and speeches that they were giving when it when they were considering doing all this. And I just remember this one dude who was I cannot remember his name, and uh, uh, my old buddy Ken uh, would always send me these links um, because he was very on top of it. And um, lower hell, Ken? No, Ken Salloway. Salloway, okay, yes. Um, he this he kept sending me these links to this guy who was an FAA, higher up in the FAA, and he was always giving these talks. Like, he gave one in Las Vegas, 
And he kept saying, you know, we, we don't want to regulate the model hobby. That's what he kept saying. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? What? What? You're fucking lying, right? You, yeah. you are literally lying when you say that. Oh, we don't want to regulate. We don't even want to really want to regulate it. Come on, dude. Jeez. It's, it is what it is. And you deal with uh-huh. government. That's, that's what happens. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think in some way, you know, the, the government... Uh, and the people that do the voting don't know anything. They're a bunch of idiots. I mean, the fact that I can buy a 50 cal in Jersey only because it has a 10 round magazine, but I can't buy a 22 Marlin because it's, you know, got, well, think got, about, think got a think 30 about. round magazine in me or whatever it is. You know, that, that just shows you how, how dumb they are. So I think when this whole craze of, you know, UPS delivering drones and Amazon delivering by drone kicked off, initially they probably wanted to, you know, Make sure that they could be done because there's there's the uh, the the money's talking, you know, at that point. Well, I mean, how much they're realizing that realistically, you really can't do that in in most areas because it's it's going to be a yeah related issues and it's going to be a a theft issue and people shooting it down. It's going to be a nightmare. And the thing of it is, is the areas you could do it in, it just doesn't make sense to do it. No, those of us as hobbyists understood that from the get go. Right. You couldn't do that where I live because you can't get a machine to fly 80 miles. Right. <laughs> right. And that's how far it is from me to the nearest UPS, you know, whatever they call them, distrib- distribution center, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the only places that make sense is like uh, if you live in uh, a big city where that's just, uh, well, theoretically where it but makes it, sense. Yeah, but it, it won't work it, there either because where is it going to land? Yeah, it's not yeah. safe. It's and the city has regulations about safety, exactly. Well, you, you know, and the, you mentioned this the silliness of government involvement in regulations, and you, you brought up the gun thing. You know, and here's another one. Uh, as I'm a healthcare worker, and, and this one always perplexed me, and I just never understood it. I can go down to the local liquor store, and I can buy two cases of whiskey. No one's going to say a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. But I have to go to a doctor. Well, not me, but let's say I had a wife that was pregnant. I've had a wife that was pregnant. She has to go to a doctor to get neonatal vitamins. Yeah. Yep. Just let yeah, that sink in. Let that, yeah. let that sink in. I can go buy all the whiskey I want. I could sit in here and I could drink myself to death in a week. No one's going to blink an eye. But by God, if you want to get neonatal vitamins for for your unborn child, you better jump through some goddamn hoops. Yeah. You pet you peasant. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous it's ridiculous it's it's asinine it sure is <laughs> i was talking to i was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, you know i don't i'm pretty conservative on some aspects and you know when it comes to um being a healthcare worker i've got some some <clears throat> ideas that maybe aren't so mainstream conservative just from a healthcare perspective but so I'm kind of an independent. I don't necessarily – I'm not a party line guy. Never have been. But um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is just a, a progressive to, to the end. I mean – and um, we were we were talking – I said something that kind of upset him. I said something about uh, my master referring to the government. He goes, well, why are you saying that? I said, well, it's pretty simple. I can't really do anything in today's world without getting the permission of my master. I have to buy from my master a license to ride my motorcycle. I have to buy from my master a 
a license to get my car. I have to buy from my master a pass to go to the local reservoir to spend the day. I have to buy from my master from my master a uh, license so I can throw a lure in the water. I mean, it just goes on and on yeah, and on every yeah. aspect of our life. You yeah. can't do anything without paying a licensure fee and and or tax here, or something. Yeah. Here's here's something that gets my well, taxes every time money moves at all. There's a tax paid. Absolutely. So here uh, in my area is pretty liberal because we got a college in this area that's uh, uh, pretty progressive and. They're trying very, 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 very hard to push uh, bicyclists, you know, encouraging people to ride bicycles everywhere. They're putting bike paths everywhere, spending millions and millions of dollars building bike access that nobody's using. I drive past these things every day and they just put in this this overpass over uh, a main road in in the town I drive into to go to work. And granted, I'm I'm seeing it at very well, actually, in the summer, I'm seeing it at optimal times of the day. I I go into work at six o'clock. Everyone should be off work. That's uh, in the summer. It's nice out. I should see people riding their bikes. Yeah. I, I never see. They spent like $10 million, right, to, to do this. And, and um, but here's, here's the, the kicker is like there's some roads going up in that area that are very narrow. And they've got like a 50-foot drop off on one side. And there's always bicyclists. And there's these signs, share the road. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Make the bicycle guys buy a license. They, if they're gonna, if they need to yeah. share the road, they should, registration. Yeah. Right. they should have a registration tag on their bike. I have one on my car for the express purpose of using that road, and that money mm-hmm. supposedly is supposed to go to to the roads, so mm-hmm. road, you know, to fix roads. Well, if I'm going to share the roads, well, they pay income tax on that. Well, yeah, I do too, but I also pay a road use tax when I license my vehicle. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it is what it is. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's not going to change. I guess buy an island. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Buy an island and just uh, <laughs> retire <laughs> happy. Live off grid. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. It's not like I'd, I'd want to live anywhere else. You know, like you know, maybe other parts of the country, but I wouldn't want to live in any other country. Oh no, we live in the best. We know? live in the best country in the world. There's yeah. no question. But the the problem is, is that's finite. Yeah. You know that. The the being the best country in the world is is a position. Well, best country maybe it's the wrong word. Being the most prosperous country is is finite, and that can be easily easily taken over if we make our citizenry do shit that is counterproductive to that end goal. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you do things to destroy AOC and New York. Amazon, 25,000 jobs down the drain. Mm-hmm. If you do yep. things like that to destroy that, and guess what? Here's a precedent. All those jobs gone, and let's forget about the tax revenue, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the simple matter of the fact is those are jobs. Yeah. And that was a, that's a major tech company, most mm-hmm. pro- most, the richest tech company in the world. Do you think any other tech company is going to look to New York? No. No. And think about not only the Amazon jobs, and and you can disagree with me about the t- the, the way they set up the tax stuff, and, and that's not even the point. I'm concerned. I my focus here is the jobs themselves. So you got those jobs that that company was going to bring in. What about all the 
secondary jobs that were going to be oh, yeah. created to of course, to just to support those people, yeah. Support those people, the coffee shops, yeah. The the realtors, the yeah. the construction, the yeah, everything. Mean, the infrastructure yeah, has to be put in place. Everything, yeah. Yep. It gets all insane. those jo- all those jobs gone, gone. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I always I always think of what Reagan said, man, and I'll hear I'll hear him say this till the day I die, man. It's like. This is the last place we have freedom on on Earth. If we lose it here, it's gone forever. And it really is. We're not. We're, we can't run further west. You know, we can't find a new land. So I'm going to paraphrase something Reagan said years ago, and I don't know why this has stuck me with me for so long. But so I'm not going to get it exactly right for those of you who are going to go look this quote up. But it's going to be very similar because it's been years. But some to the effect of a uh, uh, conservative and and a a Russian are having a conversation and the conservative says, you know, in my country, if I disagree with the president, I can go to him and I can look him in the eye and say, Mr. President, I disagree with what you're trying to do to this country. And, uh, and the the Russian says, well, you know, I can do the same thing. I can go right to the, (laughs) whatever the prime minister, the president of Russia and say, Mr. President, I disagree with the President of the United States is trying to do to their country. <laughs> <laughs> That's just funny shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's been a long one. On you, guys, you, guys, you guys normally do shows this long? It's reminiscent of the old RCHN length shows. I don't know. How, how long are oh, you guys yeah. in shows usually? This long usually? Anywhere from two to three hours. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're not we're not a BK podcast. Sorry, Bert. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, you know it's funny. Uh, Bert always <laughs> would tell me about that. He's like, I don't understand, man. I don't understand why you guys do such long shows. <laughs> I'm like, well, because that's what everybody wanted. Yeah, and, I love and, the long show. Yeah, and not not only yeah. that is, if you're not forced into conversation, if the conversation's happening, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if it's an hour or two hours or three hours, if it's an engaging conversation, you know, and guys can listen to 20 minutes on the way to work for five days, you know, they're going to get the whole show. You know, it's uh, just doesn't matter. As long as you're not sure. forcing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't force anything. We were at least two hours into this record. So, yeah, yeah that's great. No worries. Pretty fact memories. <laughs> well, anytime, you know, you, I told you this last time on the show, and I told us all our guests, just a standing, you know, invitation for anyone who wants to come well, on the show like that. I think I'll take you up on that. Uh, uh, one thing, though, I'd like to do, uh, obviously, we've we've talked about many things tonight uh, unrelated mm-hmm. to the RC world, but that was just yeah. kind of kind of my doing. But anyway, as I get, you know, as I kind of uh, work my way back into the hobby and I can be more, you know, heli-centric in my conversation. Yeah, I'd like to come back and have a conversation. Yeah, that'd Absolutely. be fantastic. Definitely, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right, and so... We, and well. we go off topic all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. There's episodes where I'll and... talk about Home Depot shit and, like, <laughs> you know, woodworking and stuff, RC cars and crawlers. I mean, yeah, movie, you know. I up, you know. <laughs> I saw an RC car that I actually think I'm going to buy. Uh, nice. Which one? It's kind of expensive. It's a uh, it's a scale Toyota Land Cruiser. Do you guys watch RC Sparks by chance? I watch some of his videos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He um he does the, uh-huh. he does the Yukon Gold series. Oh, fantastic RC 
excavators, uh, just craziness. But he just recently did a video, and I think it's called, uh, I don't remember the brand name, but it's like a B301 or something like that. And it's a Toyota, it's a 110 scale Toyota Land Cruiser. The three speed transmission and everything. Oh, and it just looks Yeah, amazing. it's a Tamiya kit. It's like a $500 kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked up the price and I'm like, yeah. It's cool, though. It's cool, but I don't they know. Make, yeah, they make tractor trailer rigs too, and that's the one I wanted to be. I wanted to get. It's the same platform. They still use the same three-speed transmission with that five-forty motor. But um, oh man, it's just it's just cool. I just I don't know. I like wrenching. I like building shit. So I, I, eventually, I'll get one. And well, for it. those your listeners that haven't checked that out, I know it's not aircraft stuff, but he does a series. He did it last year where um, they do a number of episodes. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, YouTube Gold, and you know you got you mentioned you'd seen it, but it's kind of a cool thing because they built they built this mine. Like they go get dirt from somewhere. I don't know where they get it. Um, dumped it all in the front yard, and they they built dredges and and they do it all nice. with RC RC like big like seventy pound. Yeah, yeah. Like like they got this dump truck that weighs like two hundred pounds and can carry two hundred pounds of material, right? Oh, and uh, they're they're just huge, and they've got this bulldozer. It's a uh, it's it's like a seventy pound bulldozer that actually has a ripper, and and they got excavators that weigh fifty pounds, and and front end loaders that weigh sixty pounds, and and they're oh, all man. steel construction, and they're literally they have this mini dredge set up, and they it's just like a reel. And anyway, the the point of it is is they try to get an ounce of gold. Uh, that's like their goal for the season right mm-hmm. and and they met it they actually got an ounce of gold through this little mining operation that they had set up it's really cool if you got some spare time i check just that's check it. freaking awesome wow yeah. Yeah, and they're yeah. just they're just neat as, hell. neat as hell neat as hell that's cool i mean they're expensive i i was like oh man that, that <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome but then i looked up some of the prices like jesus that bulldozer was like forty five hundred dollars yeah there's your ounce of gold. <laughs> yeah, well, ounce of gold is like seventeen, yeah, isn't it? The, the dump truck was like six hundred or six thousand dollars. You know, oh, it's like, whew, that's a expensive hobby. Right? Got to get a gold brick to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, bullion. <laughs> but it's just pretty cool. It's it's really kind of cool. He does a lot of different shit. He does the semis. He he's got. A, they do a lot of cool shit. But anyway, nice. I watched. Uh, he did a a build video on it, and um, then a, he took it out and. Uh, just kind of crawling around in mud and hills with it. Man, it looked really cool. And it's one of those ones where you can kind of, it's kind of a crawler, so you can you can put it in low and go real slow, but it's got some speed too when you put it in high gear, right? Uh, so you can kind of use it as a traditional RC car basher, but I, but it's more of a crawler, I think. Cool. Yeah, expensive yeah. as hell. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like the uh, the Bronco that uh, I think it's TRX. TRX mix. Um, one of our buddies has the uh, yeah another it's, version. It's a Traxxas. TX four or TRX four or something like that. TRX four. Yeah. I remember it's I used to have a though. I used to have a TC four Traxxas. That was a okay. four wheel drive uh, race car. Yeah, that was an on road car, right? Yeah, yeah. I used to do on road racing with those. God, those were fun. Yeah. Nice. Cool beans, guys. Anything yeah. else? Uh, yeah. Dan, you brought up, uh, you mentioned Ken a minute yeah. ago, and I we just kind of wanted to offer our condolences. I know you guys were close. Yeah, we were we were pretty close. That was a that must have hit hard. He was a uh, very unique individual, and it was funny because this um, well, it wasn't funny, but I um, I hadn't fired the Skype up. 
for a long, long time. Last night I fired it up and we tested it just to make sure mm-hmm. everything was working. And I, I was kind of going through and I saw a conversation that he, he and I had had. We were ah. ty- typing back and forth, you know, it's yeah. just like, wow. Oh, wow. He, um, he, he, was a spe- he was a special dude and he, uh, he's missed. Yeah. 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 I mean, I really hated to hear that. Um, yeah. yeah. It was so sudden. It was just, um, mm-hmm. I just remember that morning uh, I got a call. I got a call from Nick and he's like, Dan, has something happened to Ken? I'm like, I don't think so. Why? What's going on? He goes, because his wife just put a message on Facebook that sounded kind of ominous. And I'm like, whoa, well, let me call and find out. And sure enough, you know, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are aware what happened to him, but um, yeah. he, he had been, he had been, apparently he, they just got back from a trip. They went down, they went i think they were just back from texas something like that for work and he'd always he drove everywhere so he's driving back and he was started not feeling good and uh that night he was not feeling well and finally he woke his wife up and he said you gotta take me to the hospital there's just something's really wrong and so they went into the hospital and he uh he ended up having an aneurysm and uh well they were able to fix that apparently, but he didn't survive the anesthesia. So oh, yeah. damn! So he, man. Yeah. he had a heart attack. It was eventually yeah. what what what, what uh, took him. But uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, I um, you know there was some really weird dynamic with the family. I mean, I was very well aware of of uh, Ken's situation with his family and. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of some of the heartache that was going on there and, and um, to watch I, I mean I'll be straight up front you know I didn't get along with his wife I thought his his wife was um, really manipulative and and um, Jesus the role she played when Ken died I just wanted to say to her why didn't you tell him all this shit when he was alive you know because he goes yeah. oh, on and on about oh, I miss my husband so much and I'm like yeah. why, why weren't you this way when he was here <laughs> You know, and that's right, the right, that's right. the thing about death that really brings out mm-hmm. the hypocrites and people. You really, you yeah. really get to see, you know, their character, their true colors. You know, no, yep. for sure, for sure. There will never be a day that goes by. But I gotta, I, I gotta tell wife, you, you know, there's there's something about that man that was just so astounding, and it was made so evident to me. Uh, I went to his hometown uh, for his funeral, and. Um, there, there, there were hundreds of people there from all over. There were people from Texas. There were people from California. There, I mean, these this man, this man had an impact. Wow! And uh, he was, I was, I was astonished. I mean, just old service guys that he, you know, all the years he retired from the Air Force, of course. And I mean, just. I just was amazed. I'm, I'm like, if, if only he could see this, I'm sure he knew, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that there was no standing room. I mean, there was no sitting room. It was standing room only. It was just packed with people. It was amazing. So, and then of course, God damn it. I, I prepared this talk. You know, they asked me to say a few words because I would, you know, part of my, they wanted me to say a few, well, she wanted me to say a few things because we, you know, RC alienation was, was a pretty big part, you know, something he talked about a lot. In fact, he, right. he ended up getting, uh, well, they cremated him, but his, uh, viewing, he had RCHN stuff on. So that's oh, wow. how, that's how big 
you know, it was for him mm-hmm. and his involvement. But um, so I get, oh, man, I'm all prepared. I'm like, I can do this. I do, you know, I speak to thousands of people, although I'm not looking at them every week. You know, this isn't going to be a big deal. Jesus Christ. I got up there and I had this, I even had it written down what I wanted to say. And Jesus, I started talking the next thing you know, I'm a, I'm a fucking four-year-old kid, you know, just standing there like, like someone had just taken away my favorite blankie you know it was it was it was hard oh i bet i can't imagine uh, yeah i tried to get out of everything that i wanted to i you know i really wanted to um i wanted to make sure that uh those you know because there were most a lot of the people that were there were from his professional existence you know and his work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because he was very involved in the uh, uh you know electrical uh business as far as putting up power lines and all that and he was part of many boards where they would discuss regulations and rules and he was, you know, kind of the safety guy. And, and so they were all there and they knew him from that aspect, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make sure that people understood that, you know, his impact on the hobby indirectly and directly not just in the United States, but around the world, you know, we were listened to in like 117 countries, you know, we had down downloads from 117 different countries on a regular basis mm-hmm. all over the world. And, and, and people knew Ken all over the world and, and they knew him personally because when they would buy something, he would always do some weird little note in the in the package or do something personal touch personal touch something Mm -hmm. funny like somebody he knew he would he would like write stuff like you know adult toy or something you know something (laughs) right right and it was just he was he was such an integral part of what we did and he he wasn't there we had a lot of people that wanted to be a part of our chn over the years and a lot of those people had less than altruistic <laughs> motivations. You know, they had personal mm-hmm. reasons they wanted to do it, whether it was furtherment in the hobby, just recognition in general. He had no interest in that. None. He, I had to beg him when to get him on the show. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, Ken, why don't you come on the show tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, yeah, you sure? Are you sure? You, I mean, you, you know, you guys could probably do it better. I'm like, no, dude, I want you on the show. You know, it wasn't like I was begging him, but you understand what I'm getting at. Right. He, he wasn't yeah. there. He That was not his interest. Yeah. You know, he wanted to make sure that the back end was as, as efficient as it could be. And he wanted to free us up to focus on the show, which he did. Mm-hmm. And uh, what an amazing. I don't think I've ever met anyone like him. And I don't think that I will ever again meet anyone like him. And. For those of you who had the the pleasure of meeting him, um, just just look back and watch some of the old RCHN videos. I mean, never once in a public atmosphere did I ever see that man walk around without a smile on his face. And that's rare. And don't get me wrong, Ken had his demons, like we all do. And mm-hmm. and I've you know, he and I have had some very heart wrenching conversations about some very troubling topics um but he never let that on he never let on you know one of the biggest issues and it's it was a topic that was pretty dear to me and i tried i 
I tried to get a podcast going, but after he died, I just, I was like, because he was going to be so integral about it. You know, he, he in the military, he dealt with some pretty serious survivor guilt. And um, so we were, we were trying to focus a show on suicide Mm -hmm. and not to say that, that that was a demon that Ken dealt with uh, specifically, but a lot of veterans do, and he was well aware of it. But oh, absolutely, and I am. he was such a driving force, and he motivated me so much. We did actually record a couple pilot episodes, and we we were hot to trot, man. We we had made plans. We'd talked to some some folks uh, that could help us do some pretty big things. And when he died, it was just like I I thought about continuing on, but it's just like. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't uh, couldn't bring myself to do it, and um, because he he had some, and it's a shame because he had some really amazing ideas on how to recognize veterans in ways that we as that don't go through what he and others like him had to go through think is proper. You know what? And I'll just let me relate a, just a couple of them too. They're not long, but one of his big issues that he had was um, on Veterans Day. He would always say, he would always say, "Yeah, you know, they put out these big promotions and they come on, veterans, you're welcome. Come on in. Dinner's on us. Dinner's on uh-huh. us today." And he said, "Well, that's great, and thank you, but here's here's the problem from his perspective, and I never even thought about this." He said, the problem is for veterans like us that are dealing with serious issues, wouldn't it be better to give us like a, like a certificate? Because when I come into a, a sh- to some place to eat dinner and they're making a big deal about it, it kind of feels like I, me as a veteran we're, are being put in a spotlight. It's like, yeah, it's like you a know, dog it's, and pony show. Yeah. It's like, it's like, let me come in when I'm comfortable, when people aren't focused on it, you know, and just little things like that. He had lots of ideas and and we really wanted to kind of focus on that and focus on the suicide rates and, you know, get, you know, get some um, veterans that have lived through that and have beat that demon or maybe still are struggling with that demon. And, and his focus strangely enough was not necessarily on helping the individual veteran, but he, he really wanted to help those around veterans mm-hmm. understand how to truly help veterans. Right. And, and to think about it in a way that you wouldn't think about it because we all think, look, you, you th- we all think when we see a veteran, you walk up to him and you say, Hey man, thank you. Thank you for which I'm all for that, you know, and I've done that, but maybe that's not, maybe that's not the way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there's a better way. And he had all kinds of ideas, but anyway, it, it was sad and, you know, life goes on and, and, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was a hit and it took me quite a while to recover from that, but say, mm-hmm. here we go. You know, I go visit him, uh, up where he's buried twice a year and, uh, take my bike up there in the summer and, um, it's kind of a nice trip, nice. but he's missed still to this day. So, 
All right. Um, let's try to turn it around. <laughs> I'm not not in the main topic in such a uh, you know on a sad note. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. but you know it's a celebration too. You gotta you gotta remember that Ken doesn't he didn't want us or me. And when I think about that, I think about it me personally. He would have been disappointed if he saw how I handled that. You know, he he would have been, dude. You come on, man. Yeah. Go fly a heli. Right. Go ride your motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Go do something. But um, you know, he was a he was a great guy. Definitely. Uh, so I know we kind of spoke about this yesterday during our test call, but um, I'm sure our listeners and you know the hardcore RCHN listeners would also want to notice that um, you mentioned that. It's in the works to maybe get some of the uh, old ah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you for bringing that up. I kind of forgot all about that. So, um, yeah, th- there's a tentative plan to to gather the episodes. Um, I have a listener that I've been in, ta- in touch with, uh, kind of sporadically. We've we've been having some some issues actually meeting up and having a, a good conversation. But um, so many people over the, over the last couple of years have been requesting, lamenting, disappointed in the fact that um, the YouTube feed or the YouTube feed, the iTunes feed no longer exists. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I get that. There's some benefits to that because like when you're listening to iTunes, you can shut it off for a couple hours or a couple mm-hmm. days, you can come back and you can start right where you left off. And it's yep. tough to do that with any other podcatcher. You know, there are a few of them out there mm-hmm. that, that you can do that with. But, um, so there is a tentative plan to recapture all that data, uh, in a more succinct manner and make that, make a new iTunes feed available. Um, now this is strictly from, you know, an archival perspective. Uh, don't mm-hmm. don't read anything into that. There's mm-hmm. that just because yeah. we're considering a new feed does not mean that uh, we're considering starting a new show because that's just not not in the works at present anyway. And like I said at the at the end of the very last episode, you know, it's goodbye for now. You know, who knows? I, I don't see it necessarily happening, but God, you know, you just never know. So anyway, right. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, there are a lot of folks and a lot of new guys in the hobby, and we get it. I, you know, we still get emails. Um, hey, I'm new to the hobby. Someone mentioned it. Mm-hmm. I, shit, I've been listening to every episode, and man, it would just be convenient if I could get these on iTunes. Well, I just wasn't interested. You know, I, um, I soured. I'm not gonna not gonna mislead anybody. I soured hard towards the hobby, towards doing the show, um, all those years. Uh, it just it just took it out of me, and I just mm-hmm. literally was not interested in dealing with any of that. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, make the episodes available in any way, shape, or form, as long as they're available. In my mind, that's adequate, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I'm starting to, as time goes by, kind of softening up to that um, concept, and I get it. And we can do it, you know, we can do it. Um, relatively cheap. I mean, mm-hmm. we it's still going to cost a little bit of money. Uh, 
just a few bucks a month, not a big deal because we don't have to have such a, you know, huge bandwidth or, uh, you know, uh, pay so much money. I mean, we were paying, geez, I think we were paying $2,200 a year just for the web page. Wow. You know, oh, man. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen. We're going to be able to go down to because we're not having so many people trying to download the episode at one time. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not, um, that's not an issue. So just going to a basic, you know, $7 a month or $5 a month with no frills, just literally an archival page. It'll just be a one page, maybe with a search function so you can search keywords. But even then, that probably won't be too effective because someone's going to have to go through and tag all that shit. And that's not going to yeah. be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not it. That's not, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, if there's listeners out there that maybe want to be involved in doing that, uh, I, I'd be open to that. But at, the, at present, that's really not in the works. Just simply a, a page that just literally has episodes listed, one through 200 and. I don't know, what is it, 64 or something like 64, that? 64, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, including episode zero. So, um, yeah, we, I don't, there's no time frame on this. Uh, I'm not, it's it's certainly not high on my list of priorities at, at present, but it is some, it's on the burner and uh, it's, it's, it's something we're looking at, Justin and I are looking at doing. So, nice. Hopefully cool. that, that comes, you know, once we, kind of commit to doing it it's um it's going to be so basic and so low low maintenance that it's it should only take as long as it takes to upload data and and yeah trans- I mean, if you if you had all the episodes i mean you just create a podbeam account hook it up to itunes and just upload them all and then let and just let it sit there and it yeah, won't cost much it's like 125 bucks a year or something yeah, and that's not a big deal, and and we're we're looking at that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking at our options there, but uh, you know, there's some issues with the the current site. Like, uh, I noticed, and I get emails all the time. It's like the episode uh, 150 links to 151. You know, lots yeah. of little shit like that. Yeah, broken links I, and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was um, I was trying to compile some audio and not to come back to the Ken topic, but I was trying to compile audio of Ken. Uh, I wanted to put something together for the RCHN Funfly and um, kind of had Ken's involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some episodes that I knew I wanted that I couldn't, I couldn't find. <laughs> so if I, I created them and I can't find them, there's a problem there. So, right. <laughs> uh, so especially the last episode, unfortunately, is not you. You can't go listen to the last episode. It links to the wrong episode. So, I don't know how to fix that because I don't even really have access to the FTP server. I don't even know how to get onto the FTP server anymore. So, uh, all that stuff I'm hoping to, to rectify. So, mm-hmm. but uh, well, I'm glad there's you know a solution coming because it's such a valuable resource all that information yeah you guys compiled over the years the the yeah. technical stuff from justin and nick and you yeah. know there's just there's just a lot of things that would be really really good for especially new guys and even yeah. us older guys you know go back and well how to do something or whatever yeah governors yeah. PIDs, how not to, games, how not to just, glue your finger to your nose yeah <laughs> ca tips you know, <laughs> And the tips aside and the technical talk aside, uh, 
a lot of that a lot of that content is just funny it's just oh yeah it's just fun it's just fun to listen to i mean it's uh not to pat myself on the back but i'm patting myself on the back i don't know if you can hear it but (laughs) we we man we i'm proud of it you know i'm i'm really proud of what we did and and um was so i just never imagined um you know back when I started doing the first version of the show with acid from Scotland and what that turned into. And then eventually with Rob doing the new show and, and um, I just never, I never imagined that at the end of the day, when all said and done, when I stopped counting episodes, episode downloads, 1.5 million downloads. Oh, wow. Yeah. Think about that for a second. That's amazing, man. 100, 117, 120 countries. I mean, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, yes, that's that's a lot of downloads. I mean, mm-hmm. 264 episodes were released, and you're talking, or 265, including 00. But, like, to, to think 1.5 million downloads, that's a lot. And that's like, when I stopped that's counting. That's a big impact, yeah. You know, I, I'm not, not to suggest that uh, download numbers are crazy, but I know that in, even today. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't check them because I don't. I just, I, I, we, we actually, I don't know, we actually had a third-party independent uh, company that counted our downloads for us that we paid. Um, so all of our episodes were linked through their counters. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's some... I don't know if it's changed, but there was some, there's back when we first started, uh, you would get analytics from your host and you know, yeah, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they're packets. Like, like right. one, one file is divided into many packets. So when they get, when they give you an analytic, they can't give you a detailed or an accurate representation of how many people actually downloaded because they would kind of have to guesstimate based on, well, this file was a hundred megabytes and it had this many packets. And then we kind of roughly take a look at how many packets uh, are registered and we can look at that and we can assume that a hundred downloads were made. Well, it might be a hundred, it might be 50, it might be 200. Well, mm-hmm. this, this third party company, that that's what they did. They compiled all of that data and they they as somehow they would assemble those packets. I don't know how, how they did it, but they did it, and uh, they guaranteed their accuracy within like five or six percent. So even their numbers couldn't be spot on. Like, uh, yeah. but they were pretty goddamn close, right? Mm. So we obviously when we quit doing the show, we I stopped paying for that service because there was no need to do that anymore. Um, right. But for, I think I had, I think I paid for it every six months. So I was still getting uh, reports. I would get reports every couple days. And even, you know, several months after we stopped doing the show, we were, we were still getting days where we were getting 1,000, 1,500 downloads. And this was months after we stopped doing the show. Now, granted, that wasn't the norm. It was more like, you know, anywhere from 300 to, to four or 500. That was pretty, pretty normal uh, after we stopped doing it. Um, but I, I would suspect even today, there's probably a hundred plus downloads a day. It's hard to say. I mean, maybe not, but I'm guessing that that's probably the case. Just a, there's no way for me to, to verify that. It's just a gut feeling, but 
you know, so yeah, it is, you know, a lot of people enjoyed it and there was a lot of good information and, and, um, it was a lot of fun. That's the big, big takeaway. I made some, you know, the, the friendship that has, was built, uh, specifically between me and Nick and, and Justin, Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse, yeah, we still talk occasionally, but we never were really like, um, like we didn't like Nick and I and Nick and I, especially and Justin more later, you know, it's, it's still like a regular conversation, not even podcast related. Hey, what's going on? You know, just, just regular. Yeah, every, just, like, right. I mean, right. I, I, I've spent weeks at Nick's house, you know, uh, anytime I want to go to Washington, I don't even have to call him. I just show up at his door and if he's not there, I know the password to get into his house, you know, <laughs> and it's just not an issue. So, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, those are life, lifelong benefits of what we did. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, at this point we should move it on. Um, there's a new section that we have now that wasn't around when you were on the show last. Mm-hmm. So it's called the top 10 shotgun round. And basically, we're just going to be asking you these 10 questions that's, uh, you know, RC related. And you just kind of off the top of your head, you know, what you okay. prefer. Okay. All right. Uh, what, what order do you guys want to do this in? I'll go first. Okay. I'll go second. All right. And I'll follow up on third then. All right. Cool. Let's start the top 10 shotgun round. All right, Dan. Pinch your thumb. Thumb. Actually, hybrid. Hybrid. Okay. Nitro or electric? Nitro. Mm-hmm. Uh, 500 size or f- bigger? 550 or bigger? Bigger. Bigger. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, you might have already covered this. When was the last time you flew a fly bar? <laughs> uh, size... Five, four years ago, roughly, maybe five. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sport or 3D? Oh, uh, sport. Mild 3D, but mm-hmm. probably more towards sport. Mm-hmm. Strap or strapless? Strap. Mm-hmm. Nice. I like to uh, strap. I like to strap it on. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's Rustmaster again. I knew that was coming out. <laughs> uh, cordless or brushless servos? Um, you know, I really don't have an opinion, but I'm going to go with cordless just because that's what I had. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. cheaper too. Fuselage style or pod and boom? Pod and boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, low or high head speed? Low. Okay, uh, and the last question is Urcha or smaller events? Smaller. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely Excellent. smaller. Sweet. All right, uh, let's move it on for news and announcements. Oh, so I got to say news and announcements. <laughs> All right, guys, what do we have here? Right. <laughs> New size VTX blades, 607. Woo-hoo. I guess. Coming out. <laughs> what's what's yeah. new about it? What's new about them? The uh, size. <laughs> the size. Just just yeah. the size. Yeah. Yep. No difference in weighting or airfoil or anything like that. Well, it's a VTX. Are you familiar with those? I don't think those were around. I don't think were. they were around. I yeah. think they were just. I think maybe just starting. 
Uh, so I mean, I've weird, heard of them. Yeah, they're weird, funny shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Deals. Yep. But they fly but pretty good, you know. They fly good. Cool. They're they're very popular. They're, they're quiet. I don't they're like quiet blades. Efficient. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like quick, blades. quick off center, the whole thing. I like them because they're very floaty for autos. Mm. They auto really, really well. Nice. But yeah, six hundred's kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's not a very popular anymore, is it? No. Let's talk with some buddies. There's only a handful of six hundred size models out right now. Yeah. So, but yeah. anyway, got those. And we talked about the new E-Flight Timber X mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. Well, now there's another Timber. Yep. Now we've got a Turbo Timber. Turbo Timber. Yeah. And I've kind of got a bone to pick with Horizon Hobby over this. All I right, feel get like, on that soapbox. Let's hear it. Okay. I feel like they should have announced both of these at the same time. Instead of waiting two or three weeks, because a lot of guys love their timber and thought, oh, I would love to have more power, have it a little more aerobatic, mm-hmm. but I don't really fly 3D, but I guess I'll go ahead and get this timber X because it's more powerful. Yep. So you order that. And then a week later, they announced the turbo timber, which is exactly what you were looking for. Yep. I thought that was kind of a dick move. It works in the sense of business, though, you know? I guess. Yeah, it is still a dick move. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it's it's a 1.5 meter, so it's the same size as the original timber, but it has a bigger motor, three-blade prop. Why three-blade uh, prob- prop? Uh, more thrust, I guess. I thought I they're inherently... They're, um, they're less you know, efficient, less but yeah. you can get more thrust. Hmm. Okay. With I guess if you went much bigger, you'd it'd be too big to hit the ground. Maybe sure. like if you just went bigger with a two blade. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I didn't look to see all the differences, but I th- bigger ESC and a bigger motor, basically. Yeah, it's just a hopped up version. Yeah, a little bit different cow, where it mm-hmm. looks like it's a got a turbo prop. But I think uh, the throws and the Everything else is the same as the original timber, I believe. I think the three-bladed prop uh, is there because you can run either 3S or 4S without changing the prop. Oh, that's that's a good point, too, Kevin. I forgot that it was 4S capable. Yeah. It's an 11 by 7.5 three-blade. So that's a big prop. Pretty hefty prop, yeah. Yeah. Probably ground clearance because you'd have to go to like a 13 yeah. inch or something equivalent yeah. in a two blade and you'd be hitting the ground with it. Yep. Yeah, just put bigger tires on. There you go. Done. Yeah. They're already pretty damn big though. Yeah, just put uh, the tires that you had on your, Kevin, what you had on your SC5, the 200% SC5. Oh, from the, <laughs> from the salt spreader? From the, yeah, from the, the, the cedar or whatever tires? it's called. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh bind and flies 270 bucks, plug and play is 240. Yeah. Horizonhobby.com. All nice. right. Turbo Timber. That's all I've got this week. Kind of a all slow right. news week unless I've missed something. Nah, that's okay. cool. What's next for you in the hobby then? 
What's next for you, Andy? I got to get out and fly more. No probably, probably tomorrow, and then it's going to rain for the next three weeks again. <laughs> oh, <you're laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say that, uh, that because I don't think – oh, no, Andy flew. And Kevin flew the week before, but this past week we both took no fly cars. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna fly, and I gotta start going over all my stuff. Uh, get ready for Birmingham in a couple weeks. Nice. Be here before you know it. Got to practice. So, what yeah, about dude. you guys? Um, I'm dying to fly. I'm gonna finish off the extra. Hopefully, we'll be able to finish Kevin's glow go. Uh, Hopefully that's Friday, and have it main this weekend, or at least start breaking in that motor. Yeah, I got to. Uh, I still have to check my six ninety parts for that issue that we found. Mm-hmm. So uh, I got I got to do that yet, and uh, I got to get some foam tack, man. I went to that show and didn't buy any foam tack, and I got to steal some from you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. When to, you come over, I got my. Uh, I got a couple of the little tubes, the disposable ones, or. I could give you a whole bottle that I don't think I've even opened yet. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to try to? Oh, sorry, Kevin. No, go ahead. Ask Steve. Are you going to try to maiden your extra? Um, possibly, but I do have a a more of a beginner type three D plane that um, X ray. So that is going to be ready too. So I might just maiden that and save the extra. The the, the sure. thing about the extra is just, you know, I'm, I'm still a heli guy. So I want to be able to fit both my goblin 700 nitro and the 700 electric. I want to be able to fit my 500 and then all my supporting gear that I got to bring to the field. So, you know, a plane, the 60 inch is still a five foot fuselage. So that's going to take a lot of my, you know, I have a little Hyundai midsize SUV. It's not, Big. I don't have a pickup or nothing. Strap so. it on the roof. That's my <sighs> roof rack, man. Yeah, I don't have roof rack, so that that'd be something I have to get. And Duck yeah, tape. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like sounds like a bunch of excuses to me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Trailer. So, I mean, <laughs> I'll definitely I'll, I'll definitely fly the other one um, this weekend coming up, but I might bring this one too. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to hold off because I'm. Um, Steve, I, I don't put the, wait for shit, you know. Put the goblins and stuff in the front seat, and then put the plane in the back. Yeah, I guess I could try to do that somehow. I don't know. I mean, put the goblins across your lap, and put the planes in the back. You're just not trying hard enough. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, Kevin, what about you? Let's kind of close up the dude. I want to fly. Yeah. And I'm going to sim some more. I'm going to try and work on that blue foe and finish that. And the other wing I got set up for a night flying. Get the animations done on that. And maybe I'll made in the blue foe thing. I don't know. Nice. We'll see, we'll see what's going on with that. And, yeah, I'm going to come by Friday, hopefully, and finish the the Glogo build. I'm going to be on call, so I'm going to be in the work van. That's fine. That's cool. I mean, you can come over for a couple hours. Well, a couple hours will definitely have that 91 rebuilt. Um, and then what install a Neo Neo and uh and the switch glow? We'll be done. A couple hours, two hours done. Uh how about you, Dan? What's what you got planned for next? Uh I'm gonna try to live through the s- snow that we're yeah, getting. Yeah, yeah. How much more warm- feet are you getting? Oh <laughs> uh, dude, well right now it's up to my hip. Um yeah. 
and we're supposed to get another nine to ten inches tomorrow. Shit. Wow. But other than that, you know, I uh, am waiting for some weather and um, hopefully get my buddy's heli going and then see about getting him into something a little better. But in the meanwhile, I'm going to I'm going to try to reintroduce myself into the hobby slowly and surely. I mean, that's the goal. Take your time. Don't rush it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking right now, if you know anybody who's selling a good charging case, I'm looking for a charging case. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've seen a few on HeliFreak, and um, mm-hmm. man, people just want, they just want too much money for these chargers. I mean, I'm not going to pay $40 less than retail, I'm sorry, on a used charger. Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, uh, play some video games and uh, get through the winter. I play boring, boring video games, by the way. I play, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Farm Simulator 19. <laughs> nice. Fucking Andy knows that, all dude. about I've it. I've heard of it. Andy oh, I it. love that game, dude. Love it. Yeah. Yep. I'm a professional farmer. I love that game. They got. Uh, they just reintroduced one of the most amazing mods in Farm 17, um, the uh, course play mod, which allows you to kind of be a manager at its Long convoluted story. I'm not going to get into it, but anyway, it's a good, yeah, good mod. The, for the game. That's overrated. Managing's the shittiest part. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. I built these <laughs> huge fucking. I got machines going all over the map. It's yeah, fantastic. You're, you're <laughs> dull now. <laughs> you know, you're like major, major farmer. <laughs> I got um, another game that I play quite often, and that's uh, Conan Exiles. Have you ever heard of that one? Yeah, I've heard of Conan. Yep. Oh hell yeah, Conan, but not that game. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, uh, get through the winter playing video games and waiting for some weather. Get some nice. motorcycle ride, man. All right. Oh yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Um, so, right, let's wrap it up. So this is going to be this portion is going to be just a little bit longer than usual because I, I gotta say, wow! Special thanks mm-hmm. to Jared Mincy. Yes. He, he thanks, put out man. a post on RC Heli Hangouts group about the likes for our podcast, and he ended up soliciting. From what I'm counting, is 31 new likes within the last two weeks um, on Facebook. But I have like, of course, Facebook fucks it up, and there's like 20 names here. But so I'm gonna read these names off, and I am definitely gonna butcher a whole bunch of them. But that's the fun part. That's the yeah, fun yeah. part. <laughs> um, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna kind of go through pretty quickly. So. It's it's you know so sorry about that for all the folks that liked us we're just gonna have to kind of go through it quick because uh, we're running a little long so we have uh, cue the music for sure uh, we have Rob DePaulo, Karen Haywood, John Maselli, Domino Le- Leahy, Augie Copter sounds like he's Australian uh, our friend Matthew Kramer another friend Angel Rojas another friend Jay Treadway. Uh, some guy named Heliman. Uh, let's see, Peter Russo, Jim He's Hez Beasley, Geoff Miller, <laughs> Marsh Jeff. I know. I I don't know. I used to know. <laughs> I used to know a person named Geoff, and he spoke his name the same way. But it could be Jeff. So. Um, Jeff or Geoff. Uh, Marsh Dehart, Willie Murphy, Deborah Leipzig. <laughs> Sorry. Leipzig. Leipzig, and I think this is Mike, uh, his wife, Mike Leipzig. Um, girls, wild, Missouri. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
Love it. Uh, this is our friend Ricky Cricky. I thought he already liked our. Yeah, page. me too. A bunch um, of these already locked us. I don't know what happened. I think I they unlocked us and locked us again. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of names that are are definitely I know have, uh, but we have Brian Simonelli, Paul Androli, our friend Paul, uh, Tom Shin, another friend of ours who uh, rocks the nitro, uh, Steve Com Com Combs, Combs Combs. I was about to say combos. Combos. <laughs> um, PJ Visvol, who's also loves to fly nitro. Uh, Victor Hugo, Lorena Aguilar. <laughs> oh, I know this one. Peter Chan, aka Foam Tag Pete. Foam Tag Pete. Yes, nice. Love Pete. Yeah, I haven't man. seen him in a while. I know. Yeah, we haven't seen him at the uh, the expos and stuff that we usually see him or flight test, uh, flight fest. Um, Jeff Bradley and Bill Grant. Wow. Thank you all Thank for you. the likes and the support. All right. Uh, let's kind of blow through this. Facebook comments. What do we got? All right, dude. You posted a picture of you going to the AMA East show and walking out with a bags and boxes of stuff. Yeah, mainly plants or shit. <laughs> and James Cadiz said, Steve can't help himself. Pete, phone tech Pete says, I hate to say it this year, but the show is smallest and worst. Not too many more for years for this show. Yeah. Um, uh, Miki Nanoban said, was the show the same as last year? It's been around getting worse every year. I'm on the fence of going around this time. Ethan Alter said, oh, snap, you're going to love the extra. Andrew Lack says, there goes your resolution. <laughs> <laughs> this and, is part uh, of a resolution, though. Well, not those other packages underneath. Yeah, but that was like less than $100. I can't. I don't count that. Uh, I'm counting it. That wasn't part of the deal. Michael Ludike <laughs> said, weren't you going to stop buying stuff? Ha, 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 ha. And that's it. All right. So, do you mean do you mean Michael Ludke? Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, Michael Ludke. I don't know what I said. <laughs> I don't know, but Ludike. it wasn't Ludke. <laughs> it wasn't Ludke. Ludike? Uh, I probably said Ludike. Ludike. I don't know. Uh, anyways, our website comments. What do we got? I, uh, I didn't see anything. Did you see anything? Uh, tell you that, I didn't have a chance to look. Um, uh, well, if we did email us or send us a comment, we'll. Bill T sent us something. Proper wiring management. He said he'd be listening to your podcast for yes. about, or listening to our podcast for about six months now. Definitely a great show. Been flying helis for about two years, and mm-hmm. uh, would rank himself as intermediate. Uh, he is a planker also, but then he sent us a picture of some wire management. Yep, on and, his four seventy L. Yep. His question was: He has currently has just had the wiring hanging out there without being neat or tied off, just kind of grouped together and zip tied, and wondered if that would be any problems. Yeah, he he was worried about like you know some type of interference or crosstalk between the wires, and no, no, and not that I've ever dealt with. Like I mean, I bunch all my wires and I zip tie everything together. Never had a problem. And it's it's digital. Servo wires wouldn't be an issue. I'd be concerned about motor wires in the same bundle as servo wires, but even even then it might not be an issue. But group all the servos together, no problem. Just don't bundle them with your motor wires. Yeah, yeah. Don't bundle them with your motor wires. Yeah, that, yeah. 
Sorry, I, I assume it. I assume that people know that, but that was my mistake. I shouldn't assume that. Um, cool. The voice of Andy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do we have anything else? We have one more e- email, don't we? Uh, read it if you see it. Yeah. So Mike D emailed us saying, "Name question, girls. No, wait. Sorry, ladies. Perhaps some listeners and myself would like to know the origin of the name Free Four RC." Oh, that's interesting because I'd like to know the origin. I would like to know that Free. too. Yeah, no, I'd like know. to know it too. I, I, I know I, I the just, origin. I assume. I assumed. Talking about assumptions, I assume that it's just because that's the way we fly. We always kind of fly, and, and it ends up falling out of the sky. I think we'll cover that on another show. Yeah, we'll go into it. How's that for a cliffhanger? <laughs> that means you gotta subscribe. You gotta Ooh. like us. And no. <laughs> who who came up with the name? Uh, we're gonna cover that on another show. <laughs> uh, you gotta come back and listen to that too. No. <laughs> it was um, we're, we're only gonna reveal that for our Patreon subscribers. <laughs> oh, come on, no, we're not about money now. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> for twenty five dollars, you can find out the answer to that question. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we had a few. We had a few names originally. It was it was uh it was uh, like a collaboration between Steve, Jeff, and myself. Yeah. And we had a few different names, and that was one that we thought would be okay, and we kind of searched it. We're like, yeah, there's no, there's no podcast named Freefall RC Podcast, and you know, uh-huh. wasn't a star is born. Yeah, it was, wasn't then, something like, that was taken. You well, know, one of our one of our early slogans also was "Free Our Skies" because of all yeah. that that was going around. So we kind of yeah, I think our second our second episode was about the FAA and yeah. their registration. Yep. And all that. So yeah, we've just been saying that since day one. <laughs> Did you guys see where somebody named a online hobby shop Heli Nation? Oh no. Yeah, I get. I still get. I still get uh, like return requests. Oh shit. And shit. So somebody oh, uh, right towards the end of the show, somebody created. I mean, I haven't googled it, but apparently somebody's got a name out there. Kind of. Yeah, HeliNation dot com. Yeah. Well, that's another dick move. That is kind of <laughs> don't know. I don't know. They might be from I don't know. They might be from Asia or something, and just have no idea. But I don't. I, I, you know, and you know what? Like I would totally take offense. You know what I see on this site? Hmm. All oh fucking quad bullshit. Well, oh, are, are you looking at it right now? Yeah, yeah. Heli Hyphen Nation dot com, and it's all quad, all quad, 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 quad. FPV, 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 FPV. Best FPV gap ever. Pilot spotlight. Corey well, they Crick don't even have helis. No, they don't even like, have fucking helis. Yeah, this is retarded. Damn. Sorry. Yeah, I get. I'll get like. Uh, I send you th- this back, and I still haven't got my refund. And I'm like, I sorry, don't sell Good helis. Tough shit. <laughs> yeah, you should answer. <laughs> not back. even. Not even. You don't sell helis. They don't sell helis <laughs> oh. either. <laughs> Dude, they're from uh, Illinois. Oh, are they? Yeah, Plainfield, Illinois. And they have a retail location, yeah. Just make up a fake address and say, well, all right, you need to ship it to 331 Fifth Street, Illinois. <laughs> I just just send all of your stuff to my P.O. Box address. Send you all go. your returns there. <laughs> and then and send all your hate mail to info at heli-nation.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know how much you appreciate them using um, Heli Nation as their website domain name yeah they i think they used to sell helis on this site they actually just you know cheap ones yeah uh, blade blades and shit like that 
But anyways, uh, let's see. People of Podbean. Uh, people of Podbean. We have a few people that started following us. Uh, KDadX2 started following us. Hawkeye APV. Helifun started following us. And Dugbo, Mike Welch. Good to hear from Mike Welch. Easy Dog, Andrews Glenn 942. They all like the pilot classification part two, the listener edition. Uh, and with no surprise, Tired Iron RGB liked episode 163, Tired Iron Aviation with George <laughs> Baker. <laughs> I'm glad he so likes his own one. <laughs> nice. All right, and I'll go quickly over the comments. So, uh, Alan Matusik something Robinson. Great news for you guys over there. You mentioned innovation in night flight. Uh, have you ever seen Hamish Morley and his dad's creations? This was the first one I saw in 2016 and he sends a link um, to a YouTube video. So I haven't taken a look at the video, but we will uh, after the show. And then we have Great Eagle Jr. May I humbly digest to reinform you that which I am uneducated. The Great Eagle, the OG, is by far the master to my existence. Never related, but inspired. Always. I highly un. Renew, encourage you all to move your eyes and ears to Helifree to witness the epic that is Eagle of Great. I take no credit cards or relational transactions to the associates of my liability LLC that is and will always be the junior of Gray. In closing, I love your Fender Strato podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is hilarious. I don't know what he's talking about, but okay, great. We'll go check out uh, Great Eagle, the OG. On Dude, when he gets pulled over by the police, they must have a field day with him. No, or he must have a field day with them. <laughs> he must have a field day with them. <laughs> oh, yes. man. All right, let's see. Musimo Bazi, seven days ago, says, Mike D is hilarious. LOL, I can't stop laughing. Yes, we had that segment, which we got to do another one soon. Uh, Musimo Bazi, seven days ago. And he gave an awesome review on Oxy4 part. By part, great Andy, keep it up, FFRC. And then two days ago, Great Eagle Jr., the community of the iron that never tires is that of the inspiration of those to be inspired. The haven of all RC will rejoice in the command of your thumbs. Keep the iron never to be tired. Remove the rust and thus you never will be. TikTok into greatness. Peace be with thee. Nice. This guy talks like he's a preacher. I couldn't I be. couldn't come up with that shit if I tried. I know. I couldn't even I barely was able to read that shit. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank- wavelength. Because <laughs> I got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thanks, great Eagle Jr. All right. Any iTunes review? Uh, I saw nothing new on uh, iTunes. Yeah, it's fucking iTunes. All right. Drop us an iTunes review and re- read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast.show. Dot show. Say hi to Chris Rybert. Hey, Chris Rybert. Hi, Chris. Uh, flight Test Forums, off the field audio and video production other than Flight Test Podcast. Free4rc podcast sitting next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Mike and Pat. Uh, rchellyhangouts.com forum on rchellyhangouts main section podcast corner and free farcy podcast sitting next to our friends the rchelly hooligans podcast who yeah i know right <laughs> when was the last I time start saying who forever all of these guys yeah 
Yeah, Watch some seriously. shows. Yeah, seriously. Uh, full pitch podcast. I can't listen to myself the entire week. As much as I've tried, you guys have to put out some shows. Seriously. Come on. Uh, Telerotor podcast. Uh, Jimmy Jones. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike, and Rob. Mike Shaggy and Robert Shaggy. What was what was I saying? Michael Shaggy and Parker. Yeah, Michael Shaggy and Parker. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. And then our podcast in arms. We got BKRC podcast. Bert and Kyle. And we got High Voltage with Bobby Watts. And let's see. Uh, RC After Hours. Yes, I didn't forget this time. Yep. Chris, <laughs> Andre, and Mike. And then uh, the other ones. That, oh, we, which I met Terry from the uh, RC Roundtable at the AMA show. We got to briefly talk. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good dude. All right. Thanks, Dan, for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, Dan, it was, it was great, a pleasure, man. man. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, anytime. Seriously, come on. Let it's me know. Yeah, um, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that you picked the best podcast to be on. Well, of course. Oh, geez. <laughs> is there another? Is there another podcast out? I don't think there is. Either. I don't know. There used to be. <laughs> there used to be all these other ones we named. No. There was a great oh, one joking. called RCHN. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but still the was, greatest, in yeah, my still opinion. Still the greatest. Still the greatest. But, yeah. but then it was so, great to hear what's been going on with you. Yes. That, that was good, more great fascinating. To mm-hmm. me than anything else, man. Yeah, it'd be fun if you guys could get. I doubt it, but it'd be fun if you guys could get Nick on and Justin. I, you guys could probably get Justin on without any issue, but Justin is easy. Just a com- to, just a scheduling. It's, it's yeah, yeah. It's it's busy, him, but um, I think we Nick could on. get Nick on. I don't know. Come on, you should be able to help us get Nick. Well, on. How about you, that? Know, <laughs> you know, Nick is um, Nick's kind of he he kind of does what he wants to do, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's into the climbing and you know he's got his public side too. He's got his blog and mm-hmm. and um, you know he's really into he's what he's photography. Uh, he's mainly yeah he's doing a little little photography, but mainly he's uh, climbing those mountains, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like and a mad Justin, yeah. Oh Jesus, man, they're just they're hitting it hard. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you know what? It'd still be good to just get him on the show. Get get all of you guys on the show and just shoot the shit. It doesn't have that to w- be about RC. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's just do a little crossover episode with both podcasts and just, just hang out. Yeah, that'd be fun. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Thanks to our listeners. Free our skies. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. See you. Bye, guys. See you next time. Goodbye. Oh, shit, that was fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs>